What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the weekly podcast where Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 42, Podcast Weenie. And I'm your host, Matt Curione, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's Marcelo Pico, your co-host. Uh, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing pretty damn good. Pretty good. I'm, I'm doing well as well. Um, what I'm a doing- night. What a night! I mean, uh, I don't know if anyone watched it, but we just watched you know the season finale of America, and uh, <laughs> the, that was nice. The series finale, of the the, penult- the penultimate episode, and um, yeah, you know, yeah. I was waiting for that finale. It was definitely the penultimate because um, yes, as as one of the candidates put it, uh, he wanted to leave everybody you know uh, in suspense. That's uh, horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably the worst thing I've heard in a debate ever in my life. Um, um yes, it's frightening. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I can't believe what's happening. He is treating this. Uh, oh, and I revealed who it was. It, it, it was it was the he in this in this situation. He well, he, who else would it be? <laughs> let's let's get real. Let's get real, son. Come on. Um, but yeah, uh, this maniac is uh, treating this <laughs> like a uh, t- a TV show, and and we're letting him do it. And this is our country, and we're, we're just letting Jackie Treehorn just you know treat objects like women, man. And <sighs> I, I I can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's a debacle. It's a mess. It's uh, as 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 uh, it's, it's it's good times. <laughs> anyway, so that's our political talk. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. Wasn't that fun? That was a great time. I, I, I loved coming out of uh, where I was and walk into the debates about 30 minutes left and just still being horrified. I didn't sit through the whole thing, and I'm, I'm still shaking to the core. Um, and all I can say is, Matt, are you a nasty woman? I am so nasty. <laughs> so nasty. We should retitle this podcast, The Nancy Woman. Pod- <laughs> the nasty Woman. I said Nancy. Nancy? <laughs> Nancy. Oh, I, I see. I see why you said nasty. It's okay. You you recently watched a certain film series, and you have that character on this the brain. This is true. This is true. Gotcha. <laughs> Speaking. That's the ticket. That's the ticket. Uh, the 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 Nancy yeah. the Nancy nasty, uh, woman podcast. Yeah, that's the ticket. That's the ticket. So many memes. Okay. I love John Lovitz. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Next segment. That segment is done. That was business. Um, as usual. As usual. Uh, now, it's a great business. It's a huge business. It's the best business. You've never seen a business bu- like that before. Make podcasts great again. That's that's our message. That's what we're doing anyway. We're building a machine. That machine will help rebuild podcasts. Um, anyway. I hate everything. <laughs> I hate everything. <laughs> um, Matt, uh, what are yes? we going to be discussing on the show this week? It's time for your riddle corner. Well, this week we're going to be talking about some uh, red, white, and blue bees. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about some oil drillers, maybe? I, I don't know what that movie's about. Uh, and then we're going to talk about an old priest and a young priest and a little girl. And then we're going to talk about a girl who goes to the prom. And then we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of scary stories. And then we're going to a, uh, look at Tom Hanks on an island. And then we are going to talk about some earthquake bugs. And then uh, we're going to go into the deep uh, deep swamp. And then I can't find this next one. It might be hidden. And then we're going <laughs> to cut open a girl, apparently, because that's just really gross. Uh, and then we're going to talk uh, about uh, four, uh, four funny ladies in New York. And then we're going to talk about uh, the juice demon. And then we're going to talk about a dog that came back to life twice. And then we're going to talk about a boy and his mother. And then we're going to talk about some kids that have some really bad dreams. And that's our show. Um, 
I, Thanks for listening, folks. Good night. <laughs> it's been great. The best eight minutes you've ever heard. Right? Um, so, now, as with every episode of Hey What You Watching, I think it's time to introduce our guest. Matt, who's our guest this week? Insert cricket noises now. <laughs> it is nobody. We have no <laughs> guest. <laughs> But hey, it's it's not you know for lack of trying, um, and also we figured hey we haven't had just a Matt and Marcelo episode in a long it's just time. Just it's just the two of us. It's just just the two of us. It's we, it's like that song. We can make it if we try. Just the yeah. two of us, you and I. Yes, um, I enjoy that song thoroughly. So not since episode twelve of the podcast um, have we been without a get. No wait, uh, episode seventeen. Sorry. Wow, it's been a while. Episode 17, apparently. Podcast got nards, I think. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I think we talked, I'm assuming, Monster Squad. Uh, yes, yes, we did. Because yeah. So, yeah, you had 17. seen it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And I was then, so proud of you. And then we were on a big stretch with guests galore. Now, here we are, uh, just the two of us. Um, should should we do um, uh, a, a get to know you, Matt? Like, would you... Would you want me to uh, interview you, or would you want you to interview me? Interview me, please. Okay, okay. Here we go. Uh, Hit me up, Charlie. <laughs> Rose. Let's do Matt's Getting to Know Ya. It's where I interview somebody. You're so not used to doing this intro, are you? <laughs> this is your intro. You, you're the I know, intro it's, 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 it's Get to Know Ya, where we get to know our guests and make sure they're not just some robot sent from the future to destroy us all. It's getting to know you, where we get to know our guests, to see if he's not, or they're not a robot from the future. That's my version of it. There you uh, go. <laughs> Matt. Okay, here we go. Um, Hi. Uh, how you doing? Uh, Matt. I'm well. Uh, let's, let's, let's jump to the question you like to ask everybody, and I don't think you've answered on this show. Uh, Matt, what is the film that got you into film? I have answered this. Have you? What, what was it? It was answer? Terminator 2. Was it Terminator? I don't remember that answer. Yeah, it was Terminator 2. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's, the, that's, that's like the first movie that like really wowed me and blew me away uh, when I actually knew what movies were. I mean, before that, you know, I had seen, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, but, you know, I was a little kid. Uh, but I saw Terminator 2 a few years later, and oh boy. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Um, VHS or DVD? What do you mean? If you had to choose one, what would it be? DVD. Right? DVD. They take up far less space. You don't have to rewind them. It, it takes away your uh, your uh, requirement to be kind. So you know, you, be kind, rewind. You, you don't need to be a nice person to watch DVDs. You're not one of those, uh, VH- uh, you're not one of those nostalgia hounds, are you? No. I mean... No. Uh, like, I own, like, three VHSs. I mean, okay, I guess a, a, a better question... I threw all mine away. A better question would have been, and I, I don't know if you were into this, Laserdisc or DVD? Uh, I've never had a Laserdisc, and I've only seen one movie on Laserdisc. What was it? Wayne's World. How? How, how did you come about seeing that on Laserdisc? Uh, I visited, when I was a kid, we visited uh, one of my dad's uh, friends from high school, and uh, he had a Laserdisc player, and oh. so his kid... And me, we were like, let's watch this, and we watched Wayne's World. Uh, what, do you know, do you remember what else was in that collection of Laserdiscs? Not at all. Not at all. But, I mean, not at all. it's kind of weird that you chose 
Wayne's World. I mean, I remember well, we were we were kids and we loved Wayne's World. I guess I guess that's true. I mean, I like I still love Wayne's World. Yeah, Wayne's World. <laughs> I just is, like is great. I just like saying that Wayne's World. <laughs> but I mean, and I like the sequel too. It's fun. Something that popped into my head is like The Abyss on Laserdisc. Oh, um, nice. I think I remember seeing that in school, even like in, in oh, wow. elementary school. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah, because schools had like the laserdisc player that had like, like uh, educational programs on, and then oh, every yeah. once in a while the teacher would be like, "Hey, I brought this home, one from home." Do Do you think anybody listening would? I mean, do you think everybody knows what laserdisc is, or do you think we have to explain what it is? I will explain what it is right now. Do it. Uh, it's a CD the size of a record. Like, uh, or as you kids say, vinyls, <laughs> because you don't know the real plural of vinyl is vinyl. You idiots. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know that that whole thing makes me angry. How there's like a petition going around now to change the plural to vinyls. Because people you're are all, stupid. You're all stupid. So anyway, yes, anyway. huge mungus, uh, uh CDs. You know, vinyl, yeah, <laughs> vinyl size. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know. Back when they were out, everybody was clamoring for them. Well, the cinephiles were because they. Yeah, could, I mean, I still would love to buy one. Oh yeah, you could you could you could store all this information on them, all these special features, and you know, Criterion got their start, I think, in Laserdisc. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they a couple had, really like, cool uh, releases uh, from Criterion on Laserdisc. Citizen Kane was I think a much. Citizen them. Kane, uh, King Kong, Ghostbusters. Yeah, and uh, a few a few James Bond films. Yeah. So it, I mean, what a time to be alive back then. Halloween was on there. Yeah, on Criterion. Yeah, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, amazing. That, that's amazing. Uh, they should hopefully restore some of those special features because I know uh, from going from Laserdisc to DVD to Blu-ray, some of those are kind of lost. They in get time. lost. They get lost to the rights holders. Yeah. Um, hopefully, some of those will show up on Filmstruck, the soon-to-be-released, eventually streaming service. Sure, Jan. <laughs> they okay. They made a. I, I remember reading an article. Them advertising, you know, out of print special editions being featured on the. Oh, Filmstruck. I meant the fact that Filmstruck's even going to happen. Oh no, no, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> we will get to that here in a bit. I'm just explaining. You know, hopefully we'll see those special features. But yes, Matt. As of this, as of this recording, today was supposed to be the day that mm-hmm. we were all going. We were all going to be by our streaming service set devices and enjoying Filmstruck, but no. It didn't happen. Why? That's my next question in, in getting to know you. Why, Matt? Why isn't this happening right now? <laughs> because uh, life is a cruel joke. Because <laughs> uh, we, stared, we stared too hard into the abyss, and the abyss stared back, and it was very angry with us, so it said, you know what? No Filmstruck for you. <laughs> they're, they're, they're delaying it because, according to them, they had a problem with their sign-up service, and they wanted to get everything, you know, in stone, like everything level by the time they were up and running. So, yes, yeah. we have to wait like a few weeks, hopefully. They said November is the release date. Anyway, um, speaking of special features, Matt, here's another question. This, this, yes. might, this might be the last one. Um, what is your favorite special feature, like, ever? Oh. The six-hour making-of documentary on the uh, Alien franchise. Yeah, that's a great answer. The one, the one from the Alien anthology set. Yeah. Uh, my second runner-up question answer would be uh, Ridley Scott's commentary for Alien. Yeah, there you go. Uh, because first off, it's like you can you glean so much information from it, and I love the fact that you can hear him 
on the commentary, lighting and smoking cigars. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's so wonderful. That's truly brilliant. Um, like, half the time, you can clearly tell he's talking to you with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be my favorite box set, the Alien Anthology. Yeah, yeah, it's that whole, that, those, that making of is crazy good. I mean, it has everything, especially, I mean, we're discussing the Blu-ray at this point now, because yeah. the the first uh, Alien big box that was the Quadrilogy, I think that's what they called it. And yeah, that's silly name. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, that had that you know big making up documentary, but it was cut down. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, well, yeah. not cut down, but they cut a few stuff, a few scenes out of it. And, but all of that is back in mm-hmm. in the uh, in the Blu-ray edition. It was wonderful. My favorite parts of it on the Blu-ray are the the Fincher stuff that they added yeah, in for yeah. Alien Three, where he's just pissed off on set at Fox. Um, well, yeah, of course he yeah. should be. So yeah, um, I, I love those special features on that set. So. Matt, um, I think we've gotten to know you enough. Even more than you already did. Yeah, we we know. Let's 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 recap what we know. We know that you don't like people who say vinyls. Uh, no, not at all. We know that you saw a laser disc of Wayne's World. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and we know that you love Alien. Well, everyone knew this. That's like, oh, like that's, I'm pretty sure that's tattooed on my forehead. This is, this is not a revelation. I I thought this was exclusive. Breaking news here on the podcast. Breaking news, uh, Matt loves Alien. <laughs> Breaking news, Matt loves Ridley Scott. Breaking news, Matt's favorite artist is H.R. Giger. Like, yeah, this, this, these are all known things. Except for that last one. I don't think people really knew that one. No, I don't So your favorite, would you say your favorite artist is H.R. Giger? Artist. Like, like, like I, okay, yeah, filmmakers are artists, but like, guy who does art, like paintings and sculptures. You know, like, yes. that's how I refer to him as an artist okay good to know another guy who has his shit in museums how about that <laughs> another getting to know you exclusive matt yes loves hr Giger. <laughs> yeah he's pretty cool weird guy but he's pretty cool i have a few of his books so that is that that's that segment done as i always mm-hmm. say uh now it's time for our our another our another segment <laughs> sure um it's the meat of the show yeah, the parts that are inside the sandwich. Here we go. Um, and the meat. So let's look at our list. Um, I, I guess a peek behind the curtain. We we always have this uh, a Skype direct messaging thing up, and Matt likes to type away our docket, our list of movies mm-hmm. that we discuss. So I'm going to turn from looking at the WAV files. Um, and on I will the, look at and I will look at my handwritten. Ooh, list. See, I mean, yeah. Uh, we should kind of make this like a making of. Uh, yeah, one one well. day I'm gonna one day I'm just gonna publish these notes. Yeah, Matt, you you like to take notes, and you, well, you like to write out what we're gonna be discussing on each show. So yes, and I take notes too. It's yeah. lots of fun, and I take notes as well. But I take e- uh, editing notes, and it's not as fun. I don't do that. No, <laughs> you, you don't need to. So I'm gonna look at the list here on Skype, um, and I'm gonna I and I'm gonna see that we're. It says American Honey is the first film we're discussing, and I'm going to be talking. It ta- sure is. I'm going to be talking about American Honey right now. So American Honey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a film by Andrea Arnold. Okay. A uh, filmmaker who I believe did. Um, uh, now let me look up her filmography because I don't want to get this wrong. Yeah, she did Fish Tank. Okay, Fish Tank. Um, Criterion release, huge um, indie hits for her. She also did w- Wuthering Heights, uh, starring mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender. 
And now, she's doing American Honey. And it is the three hour, uh, or I guess nearly three hour, no, sorry, two hour and 43 minute road trip movie starring Shia LaBeouf. Interesting. And, and starring, and, and the lead star is Sasha Lane, um, who plays Star in the movie. Her name is Star. So, and she's the star. She's the star. So what is American Honey about? American Honey is about Star. Um, she, as we see in like, the first scene of the movie, she is, you know, pretty poor. I mean, her family, they're digging for trash in the first scene. Okay. And, and then she meets uh, Shia LaBeouf and his gang of miscreants, um, his employees. Uh, he is, well... He's kind of the manager of these kids, and he has a boss. But what this business is, uh, they're going around the country selling uh, newspaper subscriptions. Or like magazines, and yeah. Magazines, yeah. I, actually, yeah, you're right. It's magazines, not newspapers. I, it's all a scam. <clears throat> it's all a scam. You know, it's funny I say newspaper subscriptions because I used to do this job selling newspaper s- subscriptions door to door. It's a scam, though. <laughs> it's a scam. Uh, you never get the magazines. Well, if sometimes I've seen I've seen that episode of Bob's Burgers. You don't get you don't get the magazines. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say whether you get the magazines or not, or in my case, the newspapers. <laughs> but hey, it made money for me, so who gives a shit? So, yeah, there you go. Um, so yes, she agrees to tag along. They go to Kansas City. Um, which I, one? <laughs> I should, I'm serious. I mean, okay, I don't know which Missouri one. Missouri or Kansas? I think it's Kansas. Okay, I think okay. it's Kansas. Okay. Because it's well, that's not as interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the, this film is a is a cross country trip through rural America. Okay. So it's not as glamorous. Uh, glamorous, yes, that's a good good word. But hey, you know what makes you know on the face of it, it doesn't seem glamorous. But with the cinematography and the direction and the acting, it it lights up. Mm-hmm. It's vibrant, and also the soundtrack, vibrant movie throughout um so yeah that's basically the story and then of course there's like as a love story between star and jake who was played by shia labeouf and this is the role that shia labeouf was was born to play i mean he he has a rat tail for god's sakes and he looks like he he looks like he hasn't showered in like a month so so he did no prep for this (laughs) this gotcha this is him and yeah i i enjoyed it uh i'm uh the more i think about it the more i love it actually yeah, I want to see this. Uh, uh, one of my coworkers just saw it, and he said it was really good. So, yeah, but but I I tend to listen to what he says, you know, most times. Be, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Be warned, because it is. I I think it will turn out to be the most divisive movie of the year, um, because I I love it, and I know people who I trust who hate it, and you don't know. I I, I don't know how you're gonna feel, Matt. I don't know if you love it or hate it. It's one of those deals. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. So I, I, but hey, I'm recommending anybody out there who can hear my voice right now, go see it. At least you'll hmm. be part. You, you'll be part of the conversation. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's playing. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows New Jersey, but it's playing in Red Bank at like this little indie theater. And uh, yeah, I'll go see it. Yeah, I'll get I'll get around to it. Uh, probably this week. And the two hour and forty minute runtime for me wasn't a huge deal. Yeah. But because I, for me anyway, the the story captivated me enough, and also I believe I, I oh, do I want to go on record saying this? I think I do. I think it's the best shot movie I've seen all year. 
Oh wow! Okay. Um, c- cinematography wise, and could be the best directed. But I'm oh, okay. I'm, I'm hesitant on that. But for cinematography, nothing tops it for me this year. Hmm. This is the movie. This is the best looking movie I've seen all year. So yeah, interesting. That's American Honey for me. Um, go see it, folks. It okay, is good. Okay, is good. <laughs> I stole your bringing back that catchphrase. Yeah, yeah is good. <laughs> A movie that is not as good as American Honey, but I I think is actually pretty decent. Is Deepwater Horizon? Um, ah, yes. The the movie about the uh, now now the I, I forgot what it's called. It's the it's the oil rig. That's what it is. The oil rig explodes and creates the BP oil spill. Yeah, that lovely incident. That you know that that lovely incident. Let's leave it at that. I don't want to get too political. <laughs> and uh, so. Yeah, this movie chronicles that event, the explosion on the oil rig, mm-hmm. and it's directed by Peter Berg, and it stars Mark Wahlberg. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's it's a reunion because uh, they previously did Lone Survivor, if I'm right. Oh, and they're doing Patriots Day in December. I don't know what that is. It's oh. Uh, uh, it's like their trilogy of based on true event stories because Patriots no. Day um, chronicles the uh, Boston is that... bombing. Oh, I thought it was going to be about uh, Tom Brady deflating footballs, oh. <laughs> but uh, Not, that's cool, uh, I no. guess, right? <laughs> but hey, Patriots Day, uh, you know, stars Wahlberg and also co-stars John Goodman. And it, oh God, now I have to see it. Yeah, and will also be scored by Trent Reznor and. Um, Oh God! Who's his partner? Who he does? Atticus Fincher. Ross. Atticus Ross. He's cheating on Fincher. I know exactly. They're both cheating on Fincher. How dare! So I'm I'm seeing that movie uh, because just because. I'll listen to the soundtrack for that movie. <laughs> so anyway, yes, I I'm I'm surprised that Wahlberg and Berg made these two movies happen within the span of what like three months. Yeah, that's weird. That, that that's odd. Yeah, and this this kind of tanked or didn't do as well. In the box office. Yeah, I heard like I very little about this when it came out. Yeah, like, me too. And then I heard somebody on Twitter compare it to a Tony Scott movie, and then that got me thinking maybe I should. Was see that this. person right or wrong? I will veer on the side of more right than wrong. Hmm. I, Interesting. I, maybe okay. I don't know. I don't know if it was like an Inception thing. Maybe if I hadn't heard that, I would not. Have yeah, thought then you about wouldn't it. even you wouldn't even have thought of it. But, yeah. But with that thought in my head, I think for me at least, I made the movie slightly better because huh. I, I, I appreciate the direction of it I mean it uh, story wise it's nothing I mean, I mean if you know what happens then you then you, nothing is then surprising you know, to you yeah. Um, but yeah I mean like I said the, the, I think the, the direction in it works I think Wahlberg in it works I mean for God's sakes it co- I mean Kurt Russell is also in this John Malkovich yeah. is in this interesting um Perhaps John Malkovich's accent is worth the price of admission because he, <laughs> he plays a southern gentleman. Of course, he and does. the uh, BP bad guy in this. And <laughs> um, unlike other true story movies, which like those movies kind of don't point the finger at anybody, um, like this movie makes it very clear who the bad guy is. It's BP, and like their refusal to do the necessary like checks and balances on the rig. Yeah. Um, uh, who plays the bad guy? John Malkovich. Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he All plays right. the bad guy. 
I thought it was someone else. Never yeah. Mind. He plays the BP bad guy who <laughs> just says, hey, we're not doing that check because I want this oral rig up and running by, you know, tomorrow. And Kurt Russell, uh. he, Kurt Russell he plays the, the, the good guy boss on the rig saying, hey, we should do Maybe more we checks. we should do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know how the story goes. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I need to say about Deepwater Horizon. I think it's acceptable. Huh. I think it works uh, it, it accomplishes what it needs to do, but other than that, it's nothing really yeah. to, to clamor on about. Yeah, this is this is a film that I was very excited for when it was first announced, uh, because J.C. Chandor was going to write and direct it. Oh, yeah. Uh, listeners will probably know him as the writer-director of uh, Margin Call, All is Lost, uh, A Most Violent Year. Uh, yeah, and I was very excited, and then he quit over, I don't know, creative differences, whatever they want to say. Uh, he probably just didn't think it should have been a huge blockbuster, and the studio said, "Go kick rocks." And so he did go kick rocks. <laughs> do you know if yeah. Wa- do you know if Wahlberg was attached? Like he was he- not even no, he was not attached yet. Okay, interesting. All right. No, none of the actors were attached at the time. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I I I guess that's a good point. He didn't want to make a like a blockbuster about this. And yeah. this, this is what that is. It, it's a blockbuster. Um, it probably would it probably would have had a totally different cast. Yeah, exactly. Um, but hey, like I said, this is fine. It's okay. It probably would have been Oscar Isaac instead of uh, no, that, no, Mark Wahlberg. So that's Deepwater Horizon. That's that. Yes. That's that's that real life horror story done. Let's talk about fake horror. <laughs> or is it? Um, <laughs> the Exorcist, Matt. Um, yes, because if you listen to William Peter Blatty, then. He based this story on uh, newspaper stories that he read uh, back in the day. But yeah, I watched uh, William Friedkin's The Exorcist uh, from 1973, and it's still one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Uh, And when I tell people that, they always ask me, am I religious? And my answer is no, (laughs) I am not. But for some reason, this movie, it gets to me, and there are moments of pure horror in this um, those that last uh, twenty-five minutes—that's uh, one of those sequences uh, in the history of cinema that, when I watch this movie, I am silent. I don't say a thing. I don't even look anywhere except or at the screen. Uh, it just grabs a hold of you, and it's really one of the most powerful sequences that I've ever witnessed in a movie. It's. It's really some next-level mixture of uh, performances, direction, practical effects. And everything works in that final sequence. Uh, Most of the effects in this movie work. Um, And that's probably... That's a very... that's, That's a really scary moment in the movie, but the part that really, like, turns my stomach in this, um, I'm sure a lot of people will agree, it's uh, the medical stuff. Uh, When... When... uh, Ellen Burstyn sends uh, Reagan to the hospital, and they have to do, uh, like, uh, you know, when they put the vi- the the needle in her neck. Oh yeah, it's like, ugh, I, I can't. That that might have to look away. Uh, during the final exorcism, I'm enraptured and I'm staring at the screen. When she goes in for the medical experiments, no, I I look the other way and I'm like, ah, I'm good. I don't I don't need to see a needle and blood gushing out. That's cool. Uh, I got a question for you, Matt. Yes, please. Was it the theatrical cuts or the other cut? I watched the director's cut this time. 
Is that okay? Uh, I, I, t- I tend to go back and forth. Uh, like, I'll alternate when I watch The Exorcist. You have to remind me, which is the cut that has, like, the subliminable... Subliminable? The, the, the flash shots of the face. Uh, that's the director's cut. Okay. And I remember first seeing that uh, in theaters when they released that back in, like, I think it was, like, 2001 yeah. or 2000. Right. And... Uh, Screaming in the theater when that popped up, <laughs> I did. I did not care for it. That that uh, really scared the shit out of me, because I had seen this movie before, like a few weeks before on VHS, and those faces were not there. And then it just pops up. I'm like, ah! And that also, so yeah, that good times. Has the uh, spider walk up the stairs? Right? Yeah, that creepy, creepy spider walk. Which, ugh, I was at a haunted house this weekend. Um, that was recommended by listener uh, Vindicashan. I don't know if you... He follows both of us, I believe. Uh, he told me that I should go to this haunted house. And yeah, there was a, a room where this woman was doing that walk. <laughs> and I ran out of that room. Wait. No thank you. Was it like... Were, were there wires attached to it? No. Her? She was just doing no, like that? No, she was just doing that. Do you have her number? <laughs> no, comedy. I don't. Um, okay. uh, yes, but uh, the guy who uh, recommended this, his name is uh, Vindica Sean on Twitter. Uh, I told him I'd give him a little shout out uh, for recommending the Haunted Scare House in Wharton, New Jersey. Well worth your time, and stay away from that girl. And she's, we're sponsored. She's super sp- we're sponsored by that haunted house. Um, we go are to the haunted house. Go to the haunted house. Go to the ticket person and scream. Hey, Cass sent me here. Scare me. So do that. And you know what? They'll scare you. You won't get a discount, but they'll scare you. <laughs> um, I but yeah, no, she was doing it without wires, and I did not care for that. I I I took like a, a, a an informal Twitter poll, I think, last year when I rewatched mm-hmm. The Exorcist, uh, just asking because I I frankly forgot, you know, the changes, and I guess I still. I'm forgetting. Yeah, there's, um, but, there's the spider. There's the spider walk. There's uh, a, a couple of those faces, and there's actually a really good um, scene between uh, Father Marin and Father Karras. Uh, they take a break from the exorcism and they kind of like sit and talk about uh, religion on the uh, stairs uh, in inside the house on the staircase. It's it's a really good character moment. Yeah, I in my informal poll, I think a lot of people said the theatrical was the superior one, and I think that's the one I rewatched. But I I should see the director's cuts. Um, they're both super scary. <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> there's no doubt about that. Too uh, spoopy for me. Hey, um, what about that? And I watch this. I watch this in the daylight, and I got the shit scared out of me. What so about, yeah. What about that new uh, Exorcist three? Uh, Shout Factor release. Is that out yet? Do you know? I will be picking that up when it comes out on Tuesday, the 25th. Ooh, okay. I'm interested in seeing that new cut. I have a, I have a copy saved waiting for me. Nice. Thanks, and, Ian. And I have For the, Former guest. Yes, former guest, Ian. Thank you. Uh, from Matt to you. Um, I, I have the trilogy box set of The Exorcists. No, wait. Is it four movies? It's four. You have the Exorcist, uh, I think it's called the Anthology That's set. Right, I have the yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm still willing to buy that new Exorcist 3. Um, yeah, because it's the director's cut. Yeah. Previously made, un- previously unavailable until now. Mm-hmm. So that's our Shout Factory um, shout-out of the week. Oh, oh, I'll be talking about them again later in the show. Don't worry. Actually, right now. What else did you see, Matt? 
Oh yes. Uh, well, it wouldn't be the Hey Cast without me talking with uh, one of us talking about Brian De Palma. Uh, I watched Carrie, uh, their new release uh, that came out last week. Came out the same day as The Thing, and uh, it has a gorgeous new transfer. A lot of great uh, bonus features. It has a the it's a new 4K scan from the original negative. Uh, it has a great interviews, great interview, new interviews actually. Uh, you know, with the uh, with Piper Laurie, uh, Lawrence Cohen who wrote the thing, the editor, uh, Nancy Allen shows up on this disc. Uh, she's really great, and yeah, it's Carrie. Uh, I liked it a lot more this time than I liked it the first time I saw it a few years ago. Uh, maybe because I'm more in tune with what De Palma's going for these days, because I've seen a lot more of his work. Uh, but yeah, I really do like this, and um, yeah, Carrie is great, and it's a classic story. Uh, I've read the novel, and it's kind of hard to believe that this was Stephen King's first novel. Oh. Uh, there's just so much, so much that echoes his later work in that first uh, book that he wrote, and it's really impressive that he didn't let people down after that. I mean, uh, he just kept putting out all these great books and great stories, and De Palma really took to heart uh, some of the things that uh, he d went for in the book. I mean, Carrie White is a very sympathetic character. I mean, you don't you don't root for her, but you feel bad for her the whole fucking time. I mean, and let me tell you about Nancy Allen in this. She is perfect. Um, she plays such the perfect high school bully in this film. Uh, all these girls do. Um, she does. Uh, PJ Souls. Uh, is great in this. Uh, she's evil as well. All these girls, they're such bitches. I'll just come out and say that. Uh, and De Palma, like, depicts it perfectly, and I really love how he shot this. Uh, there's a lot of soft focus, and a lot of colors bleed into one another, like uh, Carrie's white prom dress is almost radiant uh, uh, when she's on stage. And, yeah, I really love this. I love his use of split screen in this. I love the score. Uh, Piper Laurie is certifiable in this, and I kind of I love her. Uh, uh, Margaret White is such an ignorant character that reminds me of people that I have known in my real life. Uh, these crazy uh, religious types, and yeah, she is terrifying. She is one of Stephen King and Brian De Palma's uh, scariest creations. Yeah, I. I need to revisit this. I need to buy this Scream Factory release. Um, so, so this the the new transfer of it. It's pretty good, right, Matt? Oh yeah, it's really pretty. That's that's excellent. I mean, after just enjoying. I mean, that, and it's and and the old Blu-ray was nice looking as well, but this just knocks that out of the park. Yeah, after and like yeah, the thing and Carrie come out on the same day thanks to Scream. Yeah, Factory. that's insane. And after I still need to dive into those special features of the thing. Um, then once I'm done with that, then I can uh, pick up Carrie and just dive into that. And it's just way there's way too many great releases this month. Yeah, as of as of right now, the thing might be their best release. Yeah, it was just saying a lot. I, I, I mean, I, they've done they've done great work uh, this past these past two weeks. I mean, come on. But yeah, uh, I can't wait to to dive into this this new Carrie release. And, and, I, and, and I can't wait to dive into their release that came out on Tuesday. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I just picked up their new uh, Child's Play oh, uh, release. Oh, right. yeah. Uh, that has so many new commentaries and uh, bonus features. I cannot wait. Uh, so, I mean, In fact, I'll be watching that as soon as we're done recording. 
And I still need to watch my Demon Knight Scream Factory. Ooh. Yeah, so pretty soon, maybe next week, I'll I'll talk about that. I promise listeners. Cool. Um, I'm going to see Demon Knight before October is out. And then and then on November 1st, we burn all of our horror movies. Is that right, Matt? Um, no. <laughs> is that not what happens? No, because then I would... Done? Because then I would be burning about, oh, I don't know, 85% of my collection? <laughs> and I don't want to do that. That would be like a, a a Twilight Zone episode or a segment in the movie Creep Show, which is something... That's a segue. <laughs> I saw the movie Creep Show on the big screen. Yeah. Um, how did I do that, you may ask? I am so jealous of you for getting to see this movie on the big screen. It was something else. I went to the Alamo Draft Houses. Dismember. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you go to the Draft House? I went, surprise, surprise, right, Matt? I went to the Draft House. <clears throat> Dis- Dismember the Alamo. Yes. Horror movie marathon. I talked about this last year. Uh, I went to the Austin Dismember the Alamo event last year where we saw five movies. But now, um, I don't know exactly why. But they had, I think, just one Dismember the Alamo event in Houston. So what I did is I just drove to Houston, watched yeah. four horror movies in a row, and then just drove and visited my parents' place, which is nearby Houston. So uh, I got horror movies out of the deal, and my parents got to see me. So it's it's pretty fair. So what did they play uh, at this marathon? Well, the first one... As I previously mentioned, it's Creep Show. Creep Show. Yes, George Romero. George A. Romero. And um, here's what I'll say up front. When they were introducing this, they were saying, you know, horror movie anthology, so and so. And deep in my heart, I was like, is this going to be my dream come true? Is is this the night they're going to show Creep Show 2 on the big screen? Ah, <laughs> no. But no, as it left. That you know, that presenter's mouth creep show. That period hit, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> fine." You're like, "Wait, you didn't say the second half of that." <laughs> Do you know? I I I don't. I I wouldn't be here recording with you, Matt, if they had screened creep show too, because I'd be dead after that screen. <laughs> that life. black ooze will get you. Because I love. I, I I've talked about it on the Talk from Society podcast. I love Creepshow And you've talked about it on this oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, I've talked about it everywhere. I love... Creepshow 2 is my favorite Creepshow, and I th- I think it's my favorite anthology movie, horror or otherwise. I don't know. I, it, I, I can go in later, another time, another place, as to why I love it so much. Even more. I mean, I've done it before. I can do it again. But no, I mean, Creepshow 1, it's no slouch. Um, I, I Every time I see it, I love it. I love... Each no, I'm not gonna say that. I don't love every segment in it, Matt. I don't particularly like the Stephen King starring the lonesome years, death you know? of Jordy Verrill. It's not my favorite, I, which I, I love. I don't think it works. It's a fine segment on its own, but I don't think it works in the movie at all. Because um, if you were to pull that out, I think thematically, the movie works like like clockwork, like vengeance and revenge and and cruel things happening to people. But, yeah, and cruel things happen to him. But w- there's no reason. He just to... wanted to. He just wanted to get some money for his meteor. <laughs> but he's like a kind, innocent person who I know. It's ravaged. so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. 
it doesn't fit in the movie though, because everybody else in, in in the movie they get what they deserve. Like in in Father's Day, they get what they oh, deserve. Oh, Sylvia's a bitch, which is brilliant. In uh, where's in, my cake? <laughs> I love Father's Day so much. You know, I've actually I've actually met someone who had a tattoo of that. Oh wow! Of, of, it was the zom- It was the zombie holding the cake with the severed head. They had it on their back. That's brilliant. That's. I was brilliant. like, that is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, what's What's the next one? Is it tied? That's the next uh, one. Something to tide you over with uh, Leslie Nielsen, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and I believe Ted Danson. And Ted Danson, yeah. Um, and is Is that the one with Adrian Barbeau, or is that no? Wait. Uh, you're gonna make me look this up because I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but it for sure it's it for, it's for sure Leslie Nielsen playing uh, the villain, straight faced. Uh, he, yeah, and he's awesome at it. He gets he's like, really scary too. He gets, he gets like a laughing uh, every once in a while, but no, it's 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 dramatic. He, he he's an he was an excellent actor. Um, he really was. I, I I miss him. Yeah. Oh, but in in the order in which it played, it goes Father's Day, then Jordi Verrill. That's the next one. Then the third one is something to tide you over. Oh no, uh, Barbo is in the crate. Okay, yeah, and the with crate. Hal Holbrook, which yeah. is awesome. I that love, movie, that 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 sequence is legitimately scary. It's, I love that turn at the end, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen Creep Show, but that on its own, they could have expanded it out to like its feature film because that cast, oh, yeah. that cast is amazing in the mm-hmm. Creep. I mean, the entire cast in Creep Show, I love. You know, oh, it's great! I, minus, I love the entire cast. Minus Stephen King. Oh hush, oh hush. <laughs> but the, the crate is amazing, and then they're creeping up on you. The, oh, the, the, I hate it. The roach one. It's, I hate it. I hate bugs. This I is, don't. I don't like it. This is the one reason why, amongst the other good reasons, this is maybe the best reason why seeing it in a theater is like worth it because I could see people around me just being absolutely disgusted about what's happening on yeah, screen. Yeah, it's vile. Because this yeah, guy gets like attacked by cockroaches. I mean, yeah, he's a piece of shit and he deserves it, but still, cockroaches. Ugh. So many cockroaches. So many cockroaches, but yeah. So yeah, that was Creep Show. I'm glad. I, I saw love, it. I love Creep Show. <laughs> I'm glad I saw it on the big screen. It, it. I mean, yeah. I I love Creep Show too even more. But still, seeing Creep Show on the big screen with a a nice audience was worth seeing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Creep Show uh, is actually a movie that I read before I saw. How was that? I mean, how we in the. Uh, uh, there was a comic book adaptation that oh. my local library had when I was a kid. Uh, it was a uh, giant-sized hardcover of um, the all the Creepshow stories in comic book form, and it was uh, it was very much influenced by the EC comics, you know, like Tales from the Crypt and, and stuff like that, that I used to read a lot of when I was a kid. And then I saw this uh, book in the library. I'm like, ooh, what, what is, what's Creepshow? I got to check this out. And so I read that. I kept it out of the library for like a month and a half. I, I got late fines. My <laughs> mom yelled at me for it. I was like, yeah, but this is really good. I want to keep reading it. And she's like, you know what? We'll just go rent the movie. I'm like, there's a movie? So yeah, like, that was fun. That was that was, that was a good time. <laughs> so that story almost turned into a creep show segment on its own. You... That would have that would have been a good creep show <laughs> segment, yeah. But then your mom was nice and she said, hey, there's a movie. So that's, that's a nice no. ending. And she didn't just turn me into the library police. <laughs> or you didn't get a voodoo doll and torture her. Yeah. No, it's it this is not an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. This is <laughs> this is creep show. It ended like uh, a Spielberg directed Twilight Zone episode. Oh um, god, we don't bring that happy. up. <laughs> we don't bring that up. The second film in the Dismember the Elmo uh, marathon was a film I had never heard of 
and I'm sure a lot of people in the audience had not heard of. It was called Terminal Island. I've um, never heard of this. Seven, yeah, from the 70s, directed by Stephanie Rothman, who apparently worked for Russ Meyer and did a lot of exploitation films. Um, okay. And she, in each one of her films, apparently she adds like this social uh, context to it, this these these politi- this politically charged themes to it. Yeah. So she, this film, Terminal Island, is her trying to, you know, be more socially active and also still being, uh, uh, and still making schlock. Schlock, yeah. There schlock, you go. For lack of a better word. So this, what is this movie about? Um, tell me, please. I'm I'm guessing it's set in the future, and they deemed it necessary to put all their uh, first degree murder convicts, uh, instead of putting them to death or putting them in life in prison, sending them all to an island. A terminal hmm. island, and we uh, meet this woman called Joy. She is a is a killer, uh, but hey, she's a cool killer. Uh, she, she's our lead. She gets sent to Terminal Island, and there she faces off with these these men who take on women as their sex slaves, and she okay. she leads a resistance against them. And there's there's sex, there's nudity. So there's violence, and it's all pretty damn fun. So nice. Yeah. I don't know where anybody can find this. Actually, uh, it is currently streaming on Amazon Video. If you have a Prime subscription, oh, well, there you go. Watch. I literally just found it by uh, looking it up. Yep. So there you go. Watch that. There. I, I had no idea. Check it out. Yeah. And I don't know the quality, um, how well that looks on Amazon Video. Probably not very good. But <laughs> I, I will say. This was shown in a theater on on 35 millimeter on film. Thanks. Oh to, wow! Oh, they actually had a print of this. Yeah, thanks to the American Film Genre Archive, which is Austin based, and they're the ones like restoring all these, you know, for lack of a better word, trashy, you know, schlocky films for our enjoyment. So yeah, um, hopefully the Amazon Video uh, version is is up to snuff, but I don't think they have. I just. I just checked it out. The quality is pretty okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's my rating. It's pretty, pretty okay. okay. <laughs> it looks pretty okay. But thank you to the AFGA. Um, they, they do a lot of great stuff by restoring these films. Anyway, so, okay, so that's, those are two out of the four, and I'll talk about the other two later. So yes. let's toss to you, Matt. I've talked for way too long for now. Um, what did you see? I was watching, uh, as I usually do, a little channel called Movies, uh, and we were pretty dead at work, so I was able to sit there and watch Bug from 1979, 1975, directed by Jonas Swark. Uh, you'll probably know him as the director of Jaws 2, as well as Supergirl. And guess what? Uh, uh, it's about this, this earthquake, right? And it releases mutant cockroaches that spit fire. <laughs> and Brad Dillman needs to figure out a way to stop the roaches from destroying everything that he knows and holds dear. Okay. This Bug, is, ladies this, and gentlemen. This is a movie. <laughs> it's definitely a movie. It's got earthquake cockroaches, and it's really weird, and they actually have cockroaches that spit fire. It's kind of wild. <laughs> uh, if you like uh, 70s monster movie schlock, then... Uh, yeah, check out Bug. <laughs> it's 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 really goofy, uh, but it's a good time. 
I wonder who does the programming on this movie channel movie is my new best friend. <laughs> we need to get because him on the show. because because thanks to them I watched The Deadly Bees again. <laughs> again. <laughs> again because they showed it on Monday and Friday night and oh. I was working both nights. Oh boy. So yeah, I watched The Deadly Bees again and guess what? It's even better the second time. We need to get this guy on the show, whoever chooses these. I shows. want the programmer who chooses their uh, October horror lineup because thank you. <laughs> Thank you, uh, sir and or madam. You are wonderful. <laughs> so that was Bug. Um, Bug. Which and I, then the Deadly Bees. <laughs> I I thought Bug was the... Oh, God. What's the, the one? Fr- the, with, it wasn't uh, the William Friedkin one. No, not the Friedkin one. Oh, that's a shame. Have you seen that one? Uh, no. Um, I'm sure it's... Uh, oh, actually, it could be as horrifying as... Is there another Bug? Bug? What do you mean? So yeah, it's that one. It's the uh, the Friedkin one. Oh with, no, no, uh, yeah, yeah. That, Ashley Judd. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, uh, they're bo- they both could be equally horrifying. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah, what? Maybe. Watch a bug. Bug's pretty disturbing. Freaking bug. Friedkin bug. <laughs> so you saw another film. Was it? Was this film on movies as well? This was also on movies. All right. This is our <laughs> yes. mo- a movies movie segment. Yes, uh, we're probably going to have these every week. Uh, <laughs> I watched Wes Craven's 1982 superhero comic book movie, Swamp Thing. Oh, boy. St- starring Adrian Barbeau. Hey. And uh, Ray Wise uh, plays the bad guy. He's uh, from Twin Peaks. You know, yes. people might know him from that. Yeah, he was also in Robocop. And, yeah, uh, this movie is about... Uh, uh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. The guy from Twin Peaks plays Swamp Thing. Yes, that that's it. That's it. I was way off on that one. Uh, sorry, he's under a Swamp Man suit. I really can't tell half the time. Uh, and Adrian, Adrian Barbeau plays his lab assistant slash love interest. And uh, it's about Dr. Alec Holland, who discovers a uh, a regenerative... Uh, regenerate it, it regenerates things. Yeah, that, that that's the word. Uh, formula that... Uh, a biorestorative formula. That's what I'm talking about. That can, you know, bring people back to life. It can heal things uh, using plants somehow. Um, yeah. Uh, this is a lot different than the Swamp Thing comics that I grew up reading. Uh, this is based more on the 70s version, um, uh, which was uh, created by uh, Len Wein, I believe. If I'm, I'm probably messing that up. That's cool. I can do that as much. Yes, it's Len Wein. He created Swamp Thing. And Wes Craven made the movie version of it. And you know what? It's fine. It's goofy. It's it's a very early 80s comic book movie. Um, I would love to see Swamp Thing redone. I would love to see this done modern. Uh, maybe with someone like Del Toro at the helm because I think he could do this character a lot of justice. Uh, the recent uh, run of comics that they had Swamp Thing for was is one of my favorite runs uh, in a comic book ever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is just... It's, it's silly. I need to save uh, this lady, Adrian Barbeau, from the evil doctor, and I'm a swamp man. I'm the Swamp Thing, and there's a really goofy monster fight at the end. <laughs> like, it, like, if you had... Z- had these two things fighting in like a miniature city then i would have been like oh it's it's a kaiju movie uh yeah swamp thing fights a pig man and it's uh the yeah yeah that that's a thing that happens and it's just really weird um but i liked it <laughs> <laughs> i i have like little awareness of swamp thing the comic book hero 
Uh, he's my f- one of my favorite uh, DC characters. Like, why? He's just really... I don't know. He just He's very, like, sensitive and down-to-earth and just always wants to do what's right, and he fights for the environment. Uh, yeah, he's... I don't know. He's Swamp Thing. He, he supports the green. He fights against the red and the rot. <laughs> These are all very big comic book terms for the... The new series. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. And I also grew up watching the TV show, so yeah, I'm, I, I like Swamp Thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've have seen people recently uh, put up pictures of that online. The Swamp yeah, Thing TV a, show. Yeah, it's a good show. It was on USA for like three years. I think I saw some of that. I think I think during that run, I was on USA, uh, the network, a lot. I think. Yeah, US USA was great back in the day. Wasn't that around at the same time they showed that? Um, Weird Science TV show? Yes, they had uh, Weird Science. Uh, Monster Vision was on TNT, I believe, at that time. What is that is it, What is that cartoon? Duckman? Duckman. Yeah. Oh, with Jason Alexander. Yeah, Duckman's weird. Yeah. USA did some interesting things. I wonder if, it, I wonder if anybody's done like a USA one, network. Like. One, one, of, one of those being Duckman. <laughs> uh, a podcast about <laughs> USA network programming in like the <sighs> mid to late 90s. Oh my god! I think our brains would melt. I wouldn't do that. I think because I, I think that's where I saw the majority of my Friday the Thirteenth movie sequels. Yeah, is on yeah. there. Oh, <laughs> good times! Ah, oh, to be young again. Oh, I wish. Yeah, Swamp Thing's goofy. It's fun. <laughs> uh, I think it's on Scream Factory. Uh, if only we had like a researcher to look that up. Um, I believe it is on Scream Factory. I believe um, but there's it came no, out maybe last year. There's no way to, to check that unless I type it in here and see where... Oh, yep, you're right. Yep, it's a Scream Factory release. It's a Shout Factory release. Shout. Shout. 2013. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, no, it's Scream Factory. Oh, it's well... A, it's a, it says it on the spine. Here on Blu-ray.com, it says Shout Factory, so... Oh. Whatever. You're right. You're right. It's Scream. I go by Amazon. It's Scream. Okay. Ah. <laughs> the Hidden. That Ooh. was movie. That was movie number three in the Dismember the Elmo Marathon. Um, we were having this conversation off mic, Matt. Where uh, I think I've seen this. Yeah, I think it's one of those where people may they, like, just like you said, like they think they may have seen because it's it's a late '80s movie. That not many people talk about, but I'm sure was on TV or maybe still on is still on TV. It's, and so it's one of those movies that not a lot of people talk about. They but, but they probably walked past the VHS when they were yeah. renting movies as a kid. Yeah, um, the the guy who chose this at the marathon, and and I'll get into like the nitty gritty details of the marathon next time I record with Rocky Juarez for Colorado Street because you know the people there are like were uh, draft house birth movies death people. And Rocky would know them. I mean, I I, I could tell you now, like Evans Evan Sadoff, uh, Philip uh, Nobile, um, Meredith Borders. I mean, those people were there uh, presenting these movies. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Matt. I I don't expect you're, you to. You're just you're just throwing these names out there. <laughs> I don't expect you to know right away who they are. But yeah, no, but... I have no idea. <laughs> but they're uh, birth movies, death people, and they flew in from their respective towns. Uh, they drove, flew in to come to this marathon and select these films. And uh, Phil Nobile, who um, hit, who chose The Hidden, uh, he was like, okay, 
So we're like under this like 80s film TV whatever resurgence where uh, you know Stranger Things is on and like we're celebrating all this cool 80s stuff but there's some movies that we may not have oh you that we are missing or that kind of needs more love and he chose yeah. The Hidden as one of those movies nice and I think he's right because this is the first time I've seen it and it I was kind of like you was like I've heard about it I don't think I've seen it yeah I've heard of this of movie but it is so 80s it is so out there I mean the plot alone just the like what you see like on on like the the back of the DVD or the VHS the plot what's is what's it about what's it about <laughs> what's come on tell me um Kyle McLaughlin yes please um <laughs> teams up with uh Michael Nuri um who I'm not who I'm not that familiar with but I'm sure if you clicked on his name you'd see like other like 80s 90s credits that you'd be like Prob- oh yeah probably that oh that guy yeah so these two team up to hunt down an alien who jumps from body to body, and and I don't think this is the twist because this should be known. McLaughlin plays an alien hunting this alien, so it's an alien buddy cop movie. <laughs> Interesting. And McLaughlin runs around hunting down this alien who who goes from person to person by way of mouth. Um, I think this is, I think this is where Jason goes to hell got their like mouth demon uh, possession thing. Because uh, this came out in '87, I think Jason Goes to Hell came out in like '93. Uh yes. Yeah. So yeah, um, it jumps from body to body, and McLaughlin is running around town with like a alien laser trying to kill this thing. It's crazy, man. It's good. It's '80s good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a nice, nice qualifier there. It's '80s good. It's 80s good. <sighs> um, yeah, I, I want people. I want more people to see this. I want this to get a good. Release, um, hey Scream Factory, why don't you take a look at this? I think it's. It would I'm be sure they're all over it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I don't know where it is right now. Where we should streaming, or I'm gonna look to see if it has a Blu-ray. I don't think it does. No, it's on. It's an. It's on an out-of-print DVD that costs forty dollars. Oh boy! So yeah, it, it's time to bring back. <laughs> it's time to bring back the hidden, folks. Uh, put this in your hearts. Uh, Write petitions. Get it out there. I want this. I want this in everybody's Christmas stocking by Christmas. I mean, can I make that happen? Is, is this possible? Ah, uh, maybe. <laughs> so the hidden is. But hey, uh, you never know. They might actually just re-release this because uh, everyone's going to want to jump on that Twin Peaks train oh, next yeah. year. Oh yeah. Oh, and so, it's. It, and it's, since Kyle McLaughlin's in it, I'm sure someone will. Some company will release this on DVD. It's pretty damn perfect because, like the the. Um, the, the guys he's under, uh, McLaughlin, is that he's an FBI agent, and he is essentially of course he is. he's essentially playing. Uh, what, what's his character's name on Twin Peaks? Dale. Dale, yeah. Uh, agent Dale Cooper. Yeah, Dale Cooper. Um, Dale Cooper. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. I just like saying <laughs> Dale Cooper like that. And this is pre uh, Twin Peaks, right? Because Twin Peaks yeah. was like ninety. Oh, yep. Oh wow. But this was like in the in the midst of his um, Lynch. Uh, run right with uh, yeah, this came out right after uh, Blue Velvet. Yeah. Oh man. And then you played. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I. You're right, Matt. With all this Twin Peaks resurgence about to happen, uh, this movie would be a perfect. Uh, I don't know what you'd say. Uh, a vehicle for Kyle MacLachlan greatness. Uh, yeah. To, to be put out there. But yeah, the hidden. That was fun. very exciting. And then the fourth and last movie in the marathon, and I'll make this real quick because Scott Weinberg talked about it last week. Yes. Uh, they surprised us 
uh, by showing um, the autopsy of Jane Doe, um, and this is a a new release. This is not out yet. No, uh, it's not. I, I, you're, luck, you're lucky, bastard. I know. I'm lucky. They uh, they're releasing this, I think, in December. So we got like a special yeah. sneak preview. And yeah, I can I can uh, confirm everything Scott said last week about this being a pretty damn good movie. I mean, it has. I mean, the story alone. Brian Cox, uh, uh, M. L. Hirsch play um, morticians who yeah. are performing an autopsy on this body and crazy shit happens <laughs> that's pretty much I mean nice. I I mean it's got Brian Cox I mean I said it last week I'll watch Cox in anything <laughs> that's a joke in there it kind of <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but, but, but gross Cox he's amazing in this he's always amazing and and Emil Hirsch is amazing they're like the co-leads in this and he's also always amazing yeah. So just getting them <coughs> Speed Racer. Yeah. Exactly. Getting them together <laughs> getting them together in a horror movie like this. Oh. I love it just for that alone. It's a dream come true. Yeah. And this is this is a type of movie where I don't want spoilers at all out there cuz it, it takes oh, I won't I won't be looking up anything on this. Takes some twists and turns that I I appreciated. Um, I'm not looking at any trailers. Uh all I've seen is the poster. And that's it. That's all I need to know. That's all I need. That's and the poster's really cool, folks, uh, listeners out there. Just go to IMDb and look up the poster, because that poster is creepy. Yeah, and this is a great year for horror. This is, um, I'm, this is like another great one I saw. That I mean, I love, I love, um, oh my god, I, what's it, Don't Breathe, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Conjuring 2, and now... Don't I, Breathe, The Shallows. The Shallows. And yeah, now, autopsy. Uh, I'm, you might be able to count Green Room under horror. Yeah. I mean, I count. It's a pretty good year for horror. I count The Witch, but I know you don't count that. Oh, I do count it. Okay, that that's a horror movie. No, I mean in terms of hey, these movies are great. Oh, it's a horror movie. <laughs> so that was the autopsy of Jane Doe. Go see it, everybody. It's out in December. Um, there. You but go. Yeah, this uh, this is a great year for horror. I mean, you've had. Uh, the aforementioned Don't Breathe. Uh, you have uh, Jane Doe, The Conjuring 2, Fender Bender. Um, yeah, this is a very good year for horror. You have Hush. Come on. Oh, yeah, this is right. This is a very good year. Very good year. Good year. 31. You have a good year. I haven't seen that yet. And, and Which I actually had a really good conversation about 31 at that haunted house. Side Little sidebar here. Um, Carlo is terrified of clowns. Uh, that's a fun little fact, and I did not know that this haunted house, its finale, was a clown room. <laughs> and they make you wait, and you go in with your group alone, so we got to have a fun little conversation with the clown that was manning the door. And, yeah, I dropped that, uh, I dropped that, oh, your makeup looks like that guy in 31, and he looks at me and goes, that's a fucking awesome movie, sorry for breaking character. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, is, so that was fun. Yeah, I got to fun. talk to an actual killer clown about thirty-one. That was that was fun. <laughs> that was good times. That was good times. Oh man. Um. So yeah. So what was the name of that haunted house again? The haunted scare house in Wharton, New Jersey. There you go. Go there. Go to the ticket booth. Shout. Hey, cast sent me here. Scare me. No, for real though. Anyone in the tri-state area, I would recommend this place. It was uh, amazing. There you go. 
So that one was of the scariest that. experiences ever, and they have a lot of cool horror movie references in there. Uh, there's a part where you almost get run over by Christine, the killer car from the John Carpenter film. Uh, we got eaten by Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors. It was so much fun. Now let's go to hey, you saw you saw some more spooky season movies. Yeah, I did a uh, triple feature uh, Tim Burton spooky season, and it was a lot of fun. I rewatched Beetlejuice for the first time in, oh, I don't know, six months. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I love Beetlejuice. It's one of my favorite films from Tim Burton. Uh, it has such great character to it and great characters to it. I, uh, I love uh, all the actors in this. Uh, I, my, I think on this viewing, my favorite character is actually Juno the caseworker. I love her in this. Uh, she's just so damn funny. And Alec Baldwin is great in this. Gina Davis, wonderful. Catherine O'Hara. Uh, Winona Ryder, of course. Jesus. Uh, everyone in this movie just brings it. Uh, they bring it, and they, they do it very well. Uh, Glenn Shaddix as Otho is one of my favorite Tim Burton characters uh, of all time. Uh, I miss that guy. Uh, he passed away pretty young. Uh, but yeah, no, I love Beetlejuice, um, and thanks to you, uh, you're the reason I watched this, because you said to get in the mood for Spooky Season, you were listening to Danny Elfman's music to oh, this, yeah. so I started doing that, and then it eventually came down to, you know what, I need to watch Beetlejuice, yeah. uh, because it's really good. Uh, big fan of the Juice Demon, uh, he's pretty wonderful. Oh. Yeah, Beetlejuice is freaking great, and I mean, that production design, it's top-notch, oof. I need to rewatch this as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, it's real good, and I really wish that this would get a better Blu-ray release. My goodness. Yeah, that's the one I have. It's uh, where it has like all the bonus features are just three episodes from the te- from the cartoon, which I grew up watching. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, and a and a isolated music track. That's it. Like this should have a big release, have uh, they, which I'm. Have they properly released the Beetlejuice TV show? Yes, it's on DVD. Okay, yep. okay. Uh, I'm guessing we'll get some type of uh, anniversary edition in t- 2018, because that's because this came out in '88. Okay, yeah. It would only make sense that they did they do a big anniversary release. Or by that point, we'll be watching it in VR. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what uh, you also saw other Tim Burton movies, right? I did. I revisited his first live-action short uh, from 1984. It's as old as I am. I watched Frankenweenie, um, starring uh, Daniel Stern and Shelley Duvall, and uh, this yeah, this great little cast. It's got the kid from um, what is it called? Uh, ah, what is that movie with the giant flying dog? The giant flying dog. Never-ending story. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. the giant, the giant dog, and it even has uh, a nice little appearance by Sofia Coppola as the the scared neighbor's uh, daughter, and uh, one of my favorite people in Hollywood, Paul Bartel, uh, plays the uh, science teacher where uh, you know young Victor gets the idea for to bring his dog back to life. Uh, it's basically a riff on Frank on Frankenstein. Um, this ki- this little kid he plays a character named Victor Frankenstein and his parents are Ben and Susan, and one day uh, little uh, his little dog Sparky uh, gets hit by a car and it's very sad and I cried a lot and I had to pause the movie so I could finish crying and then he brings the dog back to life using you know a lightning storm 
and it's really good and it's only half an hour long uh if you have uh the nightmare before christmas dvd or blu-ray this is a, a bonus feature on that oh. if you have the uh feature length uh frank and weenie the animated one this is a bonus feature on that um i remember being a kid and i actually owned uh the vhs for this uh it's always been one of my favorite uh tim burton creations uh yeah, it's great. Uh, he came out of the gate with his his style fully formed. Uh, it's actually kind of astounding that he did that. Uh, most directors, it takes them, you know, uh, one or two features to get it going. But, I mean, it's astounding that, I mean, Tim Burton, if you want to talk about directorial debuts uh, for people whose visual style is total fully formed, like right out of the womb, it's it's what they're going to be doing. Uh, you look at people like Tim Burton. Um, you look at people like Ridley Scott, Michael Mann. Um, their style is there uh, br- in broad daylight, plain as plain as day. You can see it. Uh, you can see like this is what this is what this guy is going to be doing his entire career. It's uh, pretty wonderful. I I love the 1984 uh, Frank and Weenie. And then you saw the latest version of Frank and Weenie, right? Yes, I watched uh, his 2012 animated version, uh, his stop-motion animated version of Frank and Weenie, and uh, yet again, I watched this through a uh, mist of tears, uh, because losing a pet is one of the worst things uh, a person can go through. Uh, I know it sounds trivial, you know, hey, they're just an animal, but they really are, like, dogs are your best friend, or cats are your best friend. And losing a pet is devastating. And I cried numerous times during this movie. And a lot of that is thanks to the visuals and Danny Elfman's score. Because Danny Elfman knows how to get to you and get knows how to pull your heartstrings. And that's not to mention that the animation in this, it's gorgeous. Uh, I, I wrote a little review about this and I said, This is some of the best stop motion I've seen outside of Laika. Uh, it's really impressive what they're able to do. I love the black and white uh, animation uh, that they that they went with this. Uh, when this came out, I was on a anti Tim Burton kick. I believe uh, hadn't um, w- uh, Alice in Wonderland had come out before this one? Um, Maybe. Yeah, it came out before this. Okay, yeah, so that's when I was totally turned off to the man. I didn't want to see anything he was doing. I was, I, I had said, I don't want to see Frank and Weenie. That's stupid. They already, he already did that. Why would he want to expand on that? And I'm kicking myself now because this is, uh, this has made my top ten for Tim Burton. I really love this movie. I love what it does. I love the cast. Uh, I love Martin Short in this movie. He plays uh, a couple characters. Um... Yeah, I just I love the voices. I like Winona Ryder in this. She plays a voice. Um, Catherine O'Hara comes back to Tim Burton, and she plays uh, Victor's mother. Uh, yeah, I love this. It's it's really really well done, and it impressed me. I I like what uh, he was able to achieve uh, with the medium of stop motion animation. And yeah, I, I I have one more Tim Burton movie to watch, and I'll have seen everything he's done. So good for me, I guess. What's yeah? What's the missing one? Uh, the missing link is Corpse Bride. I need to see that, oh, and wow. it's and it's on Netflix. So I will probably watch it before Halloween. But yeah, no, I really liked um, really liked Frank and Weenie. It's uh, surprisingly good. I was this one surprised me. 
because uh, I didn't think it was going to be anything, and it turned out to be a lot. So, yeah, that's that's the Frankenweenies. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it because I I think I mentioned this on the show or maybe on on a DM or something. I I mm-hmm. I saw it, but I don't remember much about it. I remember being I guess nonplussed about it. I think you might have been under the same influence that I was under, where. Uh, you had seen Alice in Wonderland, possibly, and you said, "and you said this is the dark side." Yeah, and that might have influenced you, and I think that's why it might have helped that I avoided this for years. Uh, because let me tell you, Alice in Wonderland—we talked about this on the show—but that put a real bad taste in my mouth. That's a terrible movie. It's one of the worst. It's re- it's, it's it's really bad. It's uh, it's his worst movie. What about his uh, Wiz Wonka movie? That's his second worst movie. <laughs> Uh, I I own that on DVD, the Wonka movie. I, don't I also own that on DVD then I because I was stupid. Probably sold it. It's it's gone. It's not in my collection anymore. I think it's in my attic. I don't I don't even know. Um, I, maybe, I'll never look at it. Maybe I'll revisit Frank and Winnie. And I actually didn't know that that Frank and Winnie short was on the Nightmare Before Christmas Blu-ray. Yeah, it's it's on the Nightmare Before Christmas Blu-ray. It's one of the bonus features. I, uh, on that, you can also find his first ever short uh, called Vincent. Um, which is delightful. Okay, yeah, I have it's to it's it's out. also it's also stop motion. I have to check this out. Um, yeah, I really it's uh, Vincent's from 1982. Um, it's a uh, a little it's about a little boy named uh, Vincent, and it's narrated by Vincent Price. So it's awesome. It's six minutes of greatness. Uh, if you can't find it anywhere, it's on YouTube. Uh, go check it out. It's quite good. Speaking of little boys and horror, <laughs> creepy. <laughs> um, we saw some movies. Some movies starring a psycho. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, psycho, one and Psycho two. And yes. I was okay. Hey, hey, let's. I'm gonna give some background, Matt. Okay. Um, and I know. Okay, this is we're recording the day after your birthday and happy birthday. Yes. Have happy post. Thanks. Okay, belated Thanks. birthday. You had a busy week. I, I mean, you went to Six Flags, right? You went to that haunted house. Haunted house. You went to a pumpkin patch. Um, yes, I was very basic on my birthday. It was it was wonderful. Did, did you also visit some lions? I did. I met lions and tigers, and they were adorable. And yeah, and you, I guess, went out to drink. Uh, yeah, right. You had fun. I had an okay time. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. You had a week celebrating. Not a week. <laughs> it was like, like a, a week. like a three a three day period of debauchery. And we, I told you, I and I'm, I'm not I'm this I'm not putting you on blast. I'm not putting you on the yes, spot. Yes, I know. Uh, we both agreed, like about three weeks ago, to watch all of the psychos by yes. this recording. Yes, and, and I have, and for once, I have failed you. Uh, I, this is, I guess, this is why I'm bringing it up. I succeeded in watching. The Psycho sequels, okay? Yes, which is why this week we're going to talk about the first two, <laughs> and next week we're going to talk about the second two. I, I'm going to have to talk about at least four for a tiny bit, and then we'll get into it further next week. Of course, that's fine. But uh, but yeah, but I'm just saying, I lived up to my end of the bargain, and hey, oh, and then and then after this segment, um, I'll talk about the, the other films... I kind of promised to see, okay? I saw a lot of horror this week, okay? I know, you finally did it. Thank you for my birthday present. Sque- <laughs> yes, happy birthday. I squeezed so much horror in this last week. Th- this should account for my 
absence from horror in the previous two weeks, okay? It helps you. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> You're the ultimate judge in this, apparently. So, okay. Psycho, let's talk about Psycho 1 and 2. Okay, you start, Matt. Surely. Because I just watched 2, 3, and 4. Uh, I've seen Psycho 1 many, many times. But many yeah, times. who hasn't? Come on. But, but you, you watched Psycho, the first. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Matt? Uh, it's still one of my favorite Hitchcock films. I have not seen a lot of his work. I've seen maybe a handful of what he's done. But I still love Psycho. Uh, you never turn your back on your first and Psycho was my first Hitchcock. So, yeah, I still love this. It still holds up. Uh, Lord knows, what is it, like 54 years later? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, this is... It's an old movie, but holy shit, it works. It still works. Um, I actually have a fun story. Uh, I had seen this, you know, growing up many times, and the remake came out in the late 90s, and I had thought that my friend that I went with had seen it. He hadn't. He didn't know the twist. It was insane. He hadn't, he hadn't seen the original Psycho? <laughs> no, and he did not know the twist. He did not know the spoiler. <laughs> well, yeah. the spoiler that happens, what, 30 minutes in? No, the spoiler at the end. Oh, that spoiler. Oh, okay. I see. I yeah, see. he had no idea. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love Psycho. Uh, everyone is great in this. Come on, Janet Lee. Everybody. Uh, teen heartthrob Anthony Perkins. He is adorable. He is so handsome in this movie. He is. It's so weird that that only in recent years I've taken that's been my takeaway from freaking Psycho is that oh he's he's an attractive man. <laughs> look look at him. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a classic. I love the movie. It's great. And I I wanted to talk about this, Matt. Um, you don't particularly enjoy the final stretch in the end, right? The the it's when it's good when when Mister Exposition comes in, when John Q Exposition shows up, uh, uh, Basil Exposition comes in. Yes, <laughs> oh Basil. Uh, no, I mean it. It works for the story. It doesn't work for me entirely. Yeah, and I I'll go to bed. like without that without that scene. You know, the the final shot wouldn't be as effective but i mean it's 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 i mean i don't know it's just one of those things yeah i this is funny this is funny for me to say i was not expecting to say this but i think those final five minutes or however long that is when he comes and explains everything um i after seeing cycle four i like that even more because to me cycle four and i'm jumping ahead a lot to me, Psycho it's 4 fun. is just those five minutes just expanded out to like a 90-minute film. Because I, I, I prefer that Psycho 4 uh, delving into the mind of um, uh, Norman Bates more than 2 and 3, like mm-hmm. where that series went in those two. And I... Do I, 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 you see what I'm saying? Like, it, it, like, those final five minutes are just explaining... Very, yeah. very straight to the, very, just, just cutting to, cutting to the chase. This is why he's a, he's a, he's a troubled person, and I think you need that at that point. Yeah. And for me, Psycho Four is just that, just, you know, to its fullest extent. Maybe too on the nose, but I appreciate it. I, I, I like what Psycho Four is doing in that. Um, I hope that makes sense. I mean, I. I no, it totally makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I love that ending. Um, and I, 
I don't know if I love Psycho 4, but I love what they did in Psycho 4. It's my favorite Psycho sequel. It's really good. What I mean, let's 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 jump around here. Psycho 4 is really good. We're going to talk about it more in depth next week, but uh, I do like it. I do like it quite a bit. It's my uh, second favorite favorite Henry Thomas performance. <laughs> <laughs> who, wait, who's, who, who does Henry Thomas play? He's Elliot. Oh, I keep... He's Elliot from E.T. I keep forgetting. That's... And in Psycho 4, the beginning, he plays young uh, young Norman Bates. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good role for him. It's he's he at that point he's a very creepy child. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, come on. He was hitting he was hitting puberty pretty hard uh, at the time, and uh, good for him. But your favorite Psycho sequel is Psycho Two, isn't it? Psycho Two, yes. Why? Why you... directed uh, 1983, directed by Richard Franklin, uh, written by Tom Holland, uh, one of my favorite. Uh, uh, voices in 80s horror i mean he's got this he's got child's play and uh which he wrote and directed and fright night which he wrote and directed uh i love what he does here i love the misdirection i love uh 80s standby general sleazebag dennis franz in this movie i love robert Loggia in this because when i think mild-mannered psychiatrist i think robert Loggia. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a half joke. Um, I like Anthony Perkins in this quite a bit. He is more unhinged than I've ever seen him. He's more unhinged in this than he was in Psycho. Uh, I like that Vera Miles came back uh, to basically play the villain uh, in Psycho 2. Um, I love the cinematography. I love some of the camera movements that Dean Cundy pulls off uh, in this. There's uh, one really effective scene... Uh, with uh, Meg Tilly, who's very bad in this movie. I'm not going to give her any credit in this movie. She's the less talented Tilly. Um, but there's a really cool scene where she's kind of freaking out, and it kind of like, the camera just pans up uh, in this doorway, and it's like a rounded doorway, and it kind of like follows her up the steps. Uh, that's a really cool scene. Um, yeah, I like this. I like the twists that it pulls. Um, yeah, I like Psycho 2 quite a bit. It's one of my, not my, not my favorite... Psycho sequel, it's one of my favorite horror sequels. Like, I I love this thing. This is uh, a weird, wacky movie and yeah, uh, the the character actors really make it for me. Like, come on, it's the Franz. I love the Franz. <laughs> I... ne- never, never deny the Franz. <laughs> so I saw this movie apparently in 2012. Uh, oh wow. I had to remind myself that I saw it through Letterboxd, because I, I, I've been logging movies for, I think, like five years now? Six years? Oh, wow. Letterboxd? Damn. I don't know. It's been a while. Good for you. But, uh, yeah, I had no memory of seeing it, so that's why... Oh, wow. That's why this whole thing came up. I, I decided to rewatch all these sequels. And, and, I did watch, and I did watch this a few years ago for the first time, and I watched it again, obviously, this week. I forgot uh, about one of the most brutal murders I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, but I don't want to spoil it. Is, it. is that the one through the mouth? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it was fucking disgusting. That's that's all I'll say. Um, but not- it popped up. I was like, oh, I remember this. <clears throat> oh, so I'm just shit's gonna, violent. I'm gonna be the bearer of disappointing news. I I don't like this movie. I know you don't. I it's know. fine, <laughs> and it's I, I think there's a reason why I forgot I watched it. It's kind of just forgettable. And I hate to say that. Um, I was bored by the end. Um, oh, wow, really? Yeah, I was. 
I was. Because uh, I think this is one of those movies that, like, enhances the original. And I'm not... And here's, and here's me just defending Psycho 4 again, because uh, when I watch these movies, I watch them late at night. So when I was watching Psycho 2, it was, like, pretty late. and I should have been asleep, but... But then I saw Psycho 4 at the same time, and that kept me awake. So, wow. yeah, uh, I'm going to blame the movie on this one. It's the movie's fault for not keeping my attention. Um, anyway, I don't know. I just got... I, I don't like how they dispatch some of the characters. How I'm not going to say who, but one character's fate was just like, really? Okay. Who, the Franz? I'm not going to say who it was. <laughs> the, just, just, I want you to say the Franz. <laughs> um, they handled the Franz... Like they should have handled him. <laughs> that guy was a piece of shit. Yeah, he was a piece of shit. <laughs> what a scumbag. I don't know. I, I don't like the turn at the very end. Um, I mean, I like that death at the, at the very end with that shovel. I think that, that is the reason. Oh, it's awesome. I think that's the reason why, the main reason why I ever watched it. Because I was like, isn't there a shovel death? And I, like, oh, <laughs> and I think I responded. I was like, yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, in Psycho 2. And then I was like, hey, Psycho 2? I don't, I don't remember seeing that. So, yeah, that's how this whole thing started. I thought of that I, I, shovel death. I do I do like this. I like how they, they switch it around where basically Vera Miles plays the crazy person in this one. Like, she's so obsessed with Norman Bates and he so wants to move on. Uh, but he can't because people just keep fucking with him. Yeah. It's like, le- it's like leave him alone. Yeah. Leave him alone. Leave leave uh, oddly attractive middle-aged Anthony Perkins alone. <laughs> because uh, yes, I still think he's good looking in this. Uh, yeah. Even though he needs a even though he needs a haircut. Whatever bad thing <laughs> I, whatever bad thing I have to say about these psycho sequels, I will say Perkins is is still my delivers great performances in each one. In two, he's, three, and he, four. He 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 brings it. Yeah, he, he does. He brings it. Yeah, he does. And let me say, I'm I'm glad they didn't break. They didn't. I'm glad they didn't base uh, any of these sequels off of uh, Robert Block's sequel novels yeah. that he wrote. I I because in, uh, have you read Psycho House? I I read the synopsis of Psycho Two. What happens in Psycho House? Psycho House. They turn it into like uh, they turn the house into like a roadside attraction. That's weird. <laughs> it's like a it's like a theme park bullshit. Like, yeah. I mean, the first Psycho novel is amazing. It's one of my favorite books, but maybe not the sequels. <laughs> um, Psycho 2, the book, kind of reads like... Oh, I didn't read it. Just the synopsis. Reads like Scream 3, which I find interesting. A little bit, yeah. 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 Have you read that one? No. Yeah. Um, no, but I've read the first one many times. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I, I love that they changed the character of Norman Bates for the movies. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I read like in in the book isn't he like fat and Oh, he's this he's basically like a George Costanza character. Yeah. Like a Newman looking character. They made the right call in this. Yeah. In, in yeah, make him versions. make him good looking. <laughs> where you confused was like, why should I be feeling this way about this murderer? Yeah, it's weird. Um it's like it's like Norman Bates is a crazy serial killer. Why why do I feel this way? <laughs> so I guess that's my main point about Psycho 2. I don't think it's compelling. And it's is kind of basic for me. It's like okay, they went this route in the psycho sequel, where it should have been, I guess, more cerebral. It just turns into a slasher. And I know, Matt, we've had this argument online where you say it's fun, and I don't think it's fun. Oh, I do. I think the twists make it a lot of fun, uh, and I think the the character actors make it a, even more fun. The, the kills are fun. Oh, and I should say, I like Meg Tilly in this. I like her. I think she's, she's okay. I, like her. I I prefer her sister. 
I, I, I'm actually growing, growing fond of Meg Tilly with each movie I see of hers. Because I talked about her on the Body Snatchers episode. She was great in that. Oh, yeah. She's in that. I love, I love her in that. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. And I, we'll talk about Psycho 3 next week. And Yes, I'm, and we'll talk more about Psycho 4 yeah. next week as well. Um, uh, because someone just got that new Scream Factory release. Ooh, I'm eager to hear your thoughts on that. Um, yep. I was going to say something. I forget. Oh, oh yeah. Here's a, here's what I was gonna say. Um, good luck with me trying to remember anything that happened in Psycho Three because it. I think I have the same problem with that. I'll give you a refresher course next week. That and Psycho Two. I mean, I it's so forgettable. I'm sorry. Give me Psycho Four. Um, it was directed by Anthony Perkins. That's right. <laughs> uh, he, he he did a decent. Well, well, we'll talk about it. He did decent. He did. Yeah, we will. Decent job, but it has his problems. So, stay tuned for that next week on HeyCast. But hey, <laughs> it's pretty late, Matt. Sh- should we dive into this now? Yes. <laughs> the final segment in our show where... Let me let me get a drink, and then uh, we will do this. Okay. After this break, where Matt gets a drink, we'll come back, and we'll discuss the Nightmare on M Street series. <laughs> oh, shit. What up? Hey, <laughs> we took a break in this very long episode, so we can come back and talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, well, after all the magic of editing, it won't uh, be all that long. <laughs> I'm going to guess, and this is going to be a momentous thing, Matt, this is going to be the first hate cast that's over two hours long. Oh, I don't I don't think it will I th- be. I think so. Uh, I think we so. haven't even been doing the show for two hours. Uh, now we have. We just no, at the beginning, at the beginning, we bullshitted for like twenty minutes well, you know, no, when we couldn't that, well, get no, anything right. See, <laughs> I marked it down, Matt. Five minutes into this recording, into this recording that we're recording right now is when we started. So I'm sure we're going to talk. Okay, we'll see. This is editing talk. This should not be in the episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll edit it down for a, a palatable, palatable thing. Don't I'm gonna, worry. Because it, how, how long do you think we're going to be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street? 15 minutes? Okay, good. Let's say 15 maybe. minutes. Maybe. 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 This would be like two... Maybe maybe less. I'm going to allow this to go over, because I have a very... I have a thing about these cast episodes. I cut stuff out so they can be just below two hours. I don't know why I yeah. don't want to cross these into two hours. It's just a I don't want to cross that line. But I'm going to allow this episode, this, this, this is a special thing, to cross over into two hours and one minute. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, this is monumental. Okay. So. It's almost two in the morning. Let's backtrack, like, two weeks ago. I say, hey, Matt, the Draft House is doing a Nightmare on Elm Street Marathon. I'm gonna go. And I lose my shit and say, you need to go. <laughs> then, cut to one week later, I go, hey, Matt, I'm not gonna go to that, because I'm gonna go to the Dismember the Alamo. That same and then day. I cried. You cried. You were despondent. I was. I was very upset. Then, to make it up to everybody, including you, Matt, I sat down and watched Nightmare on Elm Street 1 through 6 here at Mm -hmm. home in one sitting. And now I'm here to report back on my findings. You you didn't watch the 7th one? No, I had seen it pretty recently. There was that new Nightmare. Okay. 
Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that movie. Okay, I saw that last year. It's fine. Uh, but I, the most important thing was watching one through six because... Don't call that movie fine. <laughs> it's more than fine. I say it's fine that I, I, I didn't see it. It's a, this time. This time. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's fine that I didn't see it this time. Because what's most important is me seeing one through six because mm-hmm. these were all first-time watches for me. Jesus. Okay. I think I said this on the show maybe a week or two ago. I had only seen Nightmare on Elm Street 1 like three-fourths of the way through. Then I had to go. I had to run. And (laughs) should I break this now? Maybe I should have left it it that way. Ugh, you're the worst. (laughs) So, okay. So, yeah, I watched all six back to back to back to back to back. And, yeah, let's start at one. I'm just going to give you my opinion, just jumping off from that hot take right there. <laughs> I hate hot takes. Stop I, it. I think the ending of El- of Elm Street is kind of boring. Which ending? What part? The one where it essentially is straw dogs with uh, uh, Freddy Krueger running through the house and Nancy setting up traps for him. Yeah, I've never seen that movie, so I have no point of reference. <laughs> Home Alone. I'm sorry. There you go. Ugh, I wanted to go straw dogs because I am... Uh, so it's the ending of Skyfall. Cine- yes, I'm a cinephile. Skyfall. It's the ending of it's the ending of Skyfall. <laughs> Straw Dogs. Straw Dogs. Judy Dench plays Nancy at the end of Straw Dogs, and she sets up little booby traps <laughs> in the house. Yes, that is the end of Skyfall. But I, yeah, I, I, I uh, it was kind of boring to me. Uh, I and I loved pretty much everything else, uh, but I just don't. I don't like the ending. That's that's. Oh man. I'm sorry. That those deaths though, the Johnny Depp one and jo- uh, Johnny Depp's death is one of the most iconic deaths ever. Do you know, do you know what I love? There is so much blood. There's so much blood. The actual act of it happening is amazing. But yeah. I love the aftermath. The, like the I love I love the aftermath. I love the TV getting sucked into the bed. Yeah. <laughs> The, the cops coming in, like, the next day or whatever, and they're like, oh, shit. And, like, the blood dripping from the ceiling into the bucket. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. They're great I touches. Know. They're great. Yeah, I love that. I love uh, the special effects behind it. Uh, the fact that they used an actual rotating room for that is really cool. Uh, they actually used... The, it's the same rotating room they used earlier in the film for Tina's death, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Tina death is pretty damn great, too. That's scary as hell. That entire sequence gave me... I mean, I know it's cliche to say Nightmare on Elm Street gave me nightmares. Uh, but that sequence gave me nightmares when I was a kid. Uh, Freddy ripping off his own face to reveal, like, a skull? No, thank you. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, gross. Yeah. Uh, Freddy Krueger ripping off his own fingers, just being like, Hey, Tina, watch this. I'm like, yeah, no. No, thank you. I don't like this. Uh, later on in the movie, when, like, he basically cuts his chest open and maggots come out? No, thank you. No. Wes Craven, you're disgusting. You're a sick, sick human being. It has some pretty powerful images in it. But... but apparently he was like, in real life, apparently he was the nicest man. Yeah, 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 he was. He ran, he ran a lot of charities. Uh, he actually uh, supported a lot with, like, you know, LGBT youth, uh, which is awesome. Uh, Wes Craven was a hero, but he just had a sick mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... When he got behind the camera, he, uh... Ugh. Yeah, um... Oh, that guy. The imagery in it is powerful. I will admit that, but like I said, I don't know. It just kind of fell apart for me in the end. Um, but hey, I kind of dig that ending, though, when they get in the Freddy car. That's pretty cool. I, I love that ending. Uh, I love the actors 
in this movie. Uh, Johnny Depp, obviously, uh, you could tell even back then that something was special about him, you know? Uh, he definitely had a certain charm that none of the other act, uh, younger actors in this movie had. Uh, Robert Englund is very scary in this movie. Uh, this is before he became the, the one-liner machine. Uh, I love Nancy's mother, who, you know, for breakfast she has a bottle of vodka. Uh, I love Ronnie Blakely in this. Uh, listeners will probably know her from either this or Nashville by Robert Altman. Uh, she's great in both of these movies. Uh, John Saxon playing a 10 out of 10 horror movie dad. Uh, one of the few horror movie dads who seems... Parents who actually seems to give a shit about their children. Uh, which rarely happens in any horror movie. Usually the parents are just complete assholes who don't want to help their kids and just ignore them. Be like, ah, oh, you're just being a stupid kid. Uh, no, John Saxon's great in this. And uh, I love Heather Langenkamp. Uh, people rag on her for God knows why, but I love her in this movie. I love her in these movies, in her little Nancy trilogy. I love her. I love I love her, and I love that she's behind the camera now doing uh, visual effects, uh, makeup effects, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love her. I mean, there's whatever problems I have with this series, like, she is a shining light. I, I love yeah. these three movies. Oh, no, two movies she's in. Uh, one and three. She's mentioned in two. Well, well, we'll get to two here in a bit, but... Yeah, well, she's in the Nancy trilogy. Yeah, it's weird that they call it the Nancy trilogy when she's not in the second one. No, no, uh, I'm talking about one, three, and seven. Oh, okay. That's the Nancy trilogy. Just like with the Halloween series, you have the Laurie Strode trilogy with with uh, uh, one, two, and seven. Well, I'm sorry, Matt. I misunderstood. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of this series, apparently. Um, I am. I grew up on these things. And yeah, like I said, first time watching. Through th- and this I th- through thick and thin, I'm a fan. I think this is why I'm not a fan because I'm the person who would say Elm Street 2 is a more interesting movie than Elm Street 1. Ah, I just threw up a little. I'm emphasizing interesting. I I mean, when a movie has... You can say it. It's gay. (laughs) Okay, there's that. There's that going for it. (laughs) But when you have the female, the quote-unquote female interest making out with Freddy Krueger in the climax of the movie... Oh, you mean fake Meryl Streep? <laughs> yeah, when she tongues Freddy Krueger to uh, to help get this this boy out of Freddy Krueger's body or vice versa, whatever's going on, you got a movie there that captures my interest. And I was like, what the hell's going on? The, what the hell? The one... <sighs> There's just so much craziness in this. I couldn't keep my eyes off of it. It's uh, something else. It's something else, all right. When when Freddy Krueger is there, present in the real world, killing children at that pool party, and I don't, it's like, like it's the dumbest thing. But it's so <laughs> that that is fun. That yeah, I is guess fun to me that is my definition I guess, of fun. But I mean, Freddy in the real world kind of breaks all the rules in the first one. But there weren't any rules. There, I, okay, I was gonna. Bring he kills this up. you in your dreams. He kills you in your dreams, and now he's in the real world. I was gonna bring this up, but. It has a problem, and I don't like. I don't. I do not like this criticism at all. But I, I'm saying it now, because it it kind of bothered me. In the first movie, wh- there are no ground set rules. He just he does it. He, I guess that's why I don't like the ending. He just appears in the end, and let's. Well, yeah, you can pull him out of your dream. What 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 kind of shit is that? Why not? Why can't he just stay in the dream world? 
Maybe no, you can pull him out of your dream because remember earlier in the movie he she had like uh, his hat. She pulled out his hat out of the dream, so she's like, "Oh, maybe I can do this." I think that's kind of dumb. It's it's the rules though. <laughs> it's the rules of Nightmare on Elm Street. So why? So and in this one, he's just at you know Freddy's pool party with the cheap bird seed, <laughs> and like you know. Do you know? Do you know? The- and I'll ad- I'll ad- I'll admit. Uh, that pool party does have one of my favorite lines in the in the series. What, what, if I had to make a top five, you are all my children now. <laughs> that's good. That's a good. That's a, that's it's pretty creepy, it's but line. I don't know. This may be controversial, but I oh no, I'm I'm just gonna phrase it the right way. I think in the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, uh, Elm Street uh, segment. Oh, Willie, that had better set rules than the Nightmare on Elm Street series, the film series. <laughs> Well, yeah, the ones that Wes Craven wrote follow the rules. Oh, okay. So, okay, that was the t- ones that he had no involvement with do their own fucking thing. I guess we can jump to three because he had involvement in that, right? He wrote it. Yes. Wrote it. Okay. I think that in that's my favorite of, fil- of the film series. No, actually, it's tied with seven. It's tied with New Nightmare. The, the yeah. Dream Warriors is. I think there it plays with the rules just right. And it's so much fun. It it, it makes these. These uh, these kids get killed off. It makes them compelling. You care about them. Uh, not. It has a great theme song. I think everything works in Dream Warriors. And uh, I love it has a great great theme song. Great poster. Patricia Arquette. Oh my God! Yeah. Her playing Rachel. No, Kristen. It's Kristen. Yes. Uh, Craig Watson from Body Double. Yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, it has my favorite side characters in the whole series. I mean, Kincaid. Come on. <laughs> I love when they get their dream powers, and Kincaid's power is, Hi, I'm Kincaid, I can bend chairs. <laughs> or like, Taryn, hi, I have cool hair in my dreams. It's wonderful. It's, it's so much fun. And then you have, like, the Wizard Man. You have Lawrence Fishburne in this movie. Yeah. I I, I think it, like I said, it, it uh, it's the best in the series that's not New Nightmare. That plays with this Freddy Krueger dream, dream dynamic, and it, it plays it well. It, it yeah, works. and it's it's basically Freddy meets One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and it has some of the most disturbing deaths. Uh, the one where he leads the kid around like a marionette. Oh yeah, that's pretty disturbing. Disgusting. Yeah. It has a, it has a cool skeleton fight. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, where John Saxon comes out, where he's like this old like retired like drunk, who's like a security guard now. He's not even the the, the police chief anymore. And Nancy's like, "Come on, drunk dad." Help me, and he's like, "I'd rather drink my booze. Leave me alone." Then the so now he's now he's bad dad. They they're trying to bury the skeleton of Freddy Krueger, and it comes. Yes. the skeleton comes to life, and knocks out and kills these characters, and does the raising the roof dance, and it's awesome. And yeah, I, I dug it. It's it's pretty cool. It is cool. Uh, I do like that one. This is fun. Uh, I'm having it's, fun, Matt. It's it's probably the best movie that this guy directed, Chuck Russell. What else did he direct? I mean, I'm a fan of The Mask. I think it's fun, uh, and I also the like. Mask? Yeah, he directed that. Uh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, he also uh, did The Blob, which is up there. The '80s Blob. Yeah, I love that movie. And he has a connection to Michael Mann. So yeah, Chuck Russell's pretty cool. What's his connection? He produced Collateral. Okay. Props. Yeah, so Chuck Chuck Russell's pretty cool, and let's talk about the theme song for a second. I oh, I forget what the theme but, song is. By Dokken, 
uh, Dream Warriors, Ain't Gonna Dream No More. I, oh my god, it's classic 80s hair metal, and it's so much fun. Yeah, for what I remember, it's a, it's a fun theme. Dream Warriors! Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, Sorry for singing, everyone, but yeah, I love Dream Warriors. It's pretty cool. Maybe that's the theme that's going to start this episode. <laughs> um, Please? <laughs> okay, so two I found interesting. Three, so I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Two, three, okay, here we go. Then we go to four. Oh boy! Oh jeez! Oh man! This is the one with Misty Knight. Uh, I don't know who that is. I'm gonna open up this page because I don't know these people. She replaced um, Patricia Arquette. Tuesday Night. That's her name. Her name's Tuesday Night. Oh yeah. It Tuesday is. Night. Oh, yes. Spelt like spelt like the knight in shining armor. <sighs> I knew this movie was gonna be bad when. In, oh, it's not good. In the first scene, we see the character of Kristen played by Tuesday Night. Tuesday night. And not played by Patricia Arquette because she had better things to do. <laughs> You're damn right she did. Um, and yeah, I could just sense that this is not, it was not going to be a fun ride because Tuesday night is Rennie not, Harlan. It's not a Tuesday night. I'll say it again. Rennie Harlan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to that, Matt. It's a Rennie Harlan feature. <laughs> Director of Rennie Harlan. This is, this is it's, fine. It's got a fun poster. It's got, it's got great deaths in it. Oh my god, I've talked about this on the show before. That cockroach death uh, haunted me for years. Yeah, where one of the girls gets turned into a cockroach, and she's in that trap, and she tries to pull away, and her face rips off. Her face rips off, and then like when Freddy pushes down on the weights, and oh, you see yeah. her like elbows dislocate. Yeah, and I can't even look at that scene anymore. Okay, this, uh, this one... This has some really cool deaths. This one I think I saw on TV uh, years okay. ago, because I got like... Okay. I think I repressed these memories... And like as soon as I saw this, they all came flooding back. This is the one that has Freddy with like the pizza and the meatball souls in it, right? Soul food. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I remember that it's, seeing that as a kid, and it has freaked out. It has that. It has a really cool sequence that I love, where uh, it's basically like a five-minute version of Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I really like what they do with that. It's really, really cool. Where eventually they're like, wait a second. I like that. I like the waterbed death. That's awesome. That's good. With the with the great Billy Idol song playing in the background. Is this the one with the motorcycle? Or is that the next one? That's the next one. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, this one has, uh, yeah, it has the cockroach. It has, uh, hey, want to suck face? And he like, oh yeah, he sucks the life out of her. Yeah, yeah that that scene's pretty cool. Uh, it has Shark Freddy, which is fun. Uh, I like the visuals in this one. <laughs> the final the final battle's pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot when in the church, when all the souls of the children are like all over his body and it's really creepy looking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Great makeup effects in this movie. Wait, does uh oh my god, I'm trying to remember this movie now. Does Kristen die? Yes. That's she gets thrown into the fire. That's a spoiler. Oh, womp womp. I forgot about that. And then oh, Yeah. See, I don't, okay, this is why I don't like these these next two I don't like. Um <laughs> because who is the one replacing Kristen? I forget her name. It's like Alice, right? Yeah, Alice. Alice. Yeah. Yes, little little quiet Alice. Oh, she's so boring. Oh, and it has that awesome, uh, awesome death scene with uh, the karate match. Oh yeah, yeah, that's with that cool. with with that guy that I used to have a crush on when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, how did how did he die? Uh, the Freddy's invisible, and it's like the glove floating around the room. Okay. Okay. And which actually, if I was to name another of my top five Freddy. Uh, lines in a Freddy movie that I love it's uh 
when she's he's teaching his sister how to do like karate kicks and she kicks her shoe off and it lands in the fish tank and he goes swish kill the fish <laughs> i love that i love that line so much it's so stupid oh okay <laughs> it's great i love it it's so much fun see what's 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 funny is i i however cheesy the freddy lines were i wasn't groaning until like six six is where the real groans come in nice graphics <laughs> yeah that's bad um, but yeah, okay. So I hate pretty much all these characters. I'm glad they're. I'm glad they're all dead. Oh, I like the little nerd girl. I don't like her. I don't. Oh, come on. Uh, She's nice. I guess just the amount of great characters in Dream Warriors. Then jumping to this, where there's just horrible yeah. acting, and I don't like any of these kids, and I hope they all die. Yeah, it's it's. Oh man, it's a big leap for me. I mean, not. A leap. I liked it. Downhill slope. Speaking of downhill slopes, the next one. Oh. Uh, what's this one called? The Dream Child. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Abortion Politics. <laughs> this was weird. Uh, you think? Yeah. This this is also the most heavily edited version of a film in the series. Uh, what, do, uh, do, do you know exactly what got cut out? Uh, almost every... No, every death in this movie was edited to shit by the MPAA. Oh, wow. I, and if you look on, like... Uh, if you look on YouTube, you can see, like, rough edits of, like, the original effects. And uh, you can also see them in the Never Sleep Again documentary on the Nightmare series. Uh, like, the motorcycle death went on a long, lo- much longer, and it was more in-depth and graphic. And in the movie, it lasts, like, ten seconds, and it's over. It feels like it lasted long when I saw it. Yeah, it's... No, it's the, this was really edited. Uh, it's a shame because the makeup effects that went into this uh, were very impressive, and the crew was very angry when they saw this on at the premiere. Yeah, they were like, no, they were like, "Hey, none of our work is in this." Yeah, I have to see what the hell, guys? <laughs> I have to, I have to see that documentary. Never sleep. Oh, it's it's on uh, Netflix, yeah. and it's uh, one of my favorite documentaries. I was actually um, I was planning to watch that before this recording, but then I saw it was four hours long. So it's four hours long, and I actually just got the uh, I think it's like five and a half hour long uh, Crystal Lake Memories documentary that I'm halfway through. Are they made by the same people? Yep, oh. and they're actually trying to get the rights right now to do a uh, long documentary on the Halloween series. Well, that makes which I'm, sense. Yeah. Which uh, is going to be really cool when it happens. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, this, yeah, there's abortion politics throughout this movie, which threw me, yeah, threw it's, me off. It's really weird. It's really weird. And then you also get the, the origin of Freddy, you know, son of a hundred maniacs, which that's a cool phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Not cool how he was born, but because that shit's horrific. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I, like, I like that line, son of a hundred maniacs. Yeah, so then when they're in the dream world... Alice, who I hate, she's the new lead. Uh, like her unborn baby comes into play and then fights for it. Yeah, it's and then weird. And eventually he's and eventually the unborn baby is played by the uh, the kid who hates raptors in Jurassic yeah, Park. I knew he because he's familiar. a he's a little dick. Um, but hey, uh, good on this movie for breaking a horror movie trope. What was that trope? Uh, where the black character dies first. Oh, when the. She survives this movie. Does she? I can't remember now. Oh yeah, Yvonne. She lives. Oh, I'm I'm having trouble remembering these deaths. So there's the motorcycle death. What, what, what? There's the motorcycle. There's the the comic book death, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. It, it, I like that. It, That's fun. It turned into um, Take on Me, 
the music. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Super Freddy. Yes, that one. And then, and then, and then, what? What, what other ones were there? Oh Jesus! Uh, this one I always forget. Honestly. <laughs> this, yeah, I'm having a hard time remembering. I forget a lot about this. Uh, the, the diving board tries to eat the girl. Oh, I know okay. that. Yeah, but she survives. Okay, there should be yes. a Wikipedia for just Freddy deaths. There is. I should look that up. I think it's called like Elm Streetpedia or something. Freddy deaths. Just, just look up Freddy Wiki. Freddy Wiki, uh, and you'll you'll find a Nightmare Elm Street Wikipedia. Deaths. Here we go. This is good podcasting. Looking stuff up. So yeah, so I mean, I, four was it four and five? I don't, I don't like it all. Okay, they're they're like the. It's like they're trying. Okay, you you probably can answer this better than I can because I yeah. What's up? This reminded me of like the in the Freddy. No, sorry, damn f's in the Friday the Thirteenth series when mm-hmm. they try to make one girl in particular like the lead throughout like a few of the movies and they give her. Oh no, that was a guy. A guy, whatever. It was the one played by Corey Feldman. Is that is that who it was? Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded Tom, uh, Tommy, Tommy Jarvis. There's the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. Yeah, it reminded me of that. Um, yeah, and I, I don't, I don't. I guess I don't like when horror movies do this. It's and the third one in that Tommy Jarvis trilogy is the best Jason movie. So that's a thing. Uh, but okay, here are the deaths in five, and there's just three. Oh, I want to, I want to watch that now. There's just that's three deaths. Movie. There's the motorcycle. Yeah, there's very few deaths. Yeah, but and they were all edited, which is crazy. The stomach spli- the stomach sliced open. Oh, is uh, there's also the one where uh, she overeats. Oh yeah, the, the, yeah. This is the one. Uh, forced, yeah. force-fed own innards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where uh, that was also heavily edited. Okay. I, it got gross. I didn't know she was force-fed her innards. Maybe that's the stuff that got, that got cut out. Yeah, yeah, it was. She was, like, fed, like, her stomach and intestines in the uh, unrated version yeah. that will never come out because they have been destroyed. It, really? Like, all the all those tapes are lost? Yeah, and which is crazy because, I don't know if you knew this, but, I mean, a lot of people do, New Line was originally known as the house that Freddy built. Yeah. Because he made them all of their money, and you would think that they would hold on to this shit, but no. Those bastards. God damn you, Bob Shea. And then, and then the third and final death in Dream Child is the the, the motorcycle. No, no, the the paper, the comic book. Oh, the comic yeah, book yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So I think that's why. Also, I thought it was kind of lame. There's just three deaths, and in, yeah. in the previous one there were six of them. Holy shit! Huh. In the next one there are four. Uh, let's talk about Friday the Thirteenth. Sorry, Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. I keep calling these Friday sure, sure. the Thirteenth. I'm stupid. So I liked this craziness. Um, yes, me too. Because <laughs> I was watching it with a friend at 2 a.m. Oh, jeez. We were drinking. and That's the best way to watch Freddy's Dead. Yeah, it was kind of a perfect, Drunk. perfect experience, especially with this, because Matt, for the... F- okay. Maybe for the, yeah, for the entire runtime, I had no idea what was going on. I had no <laughs> idea what was happening. Okay, I had to I had to go and read back the synopsis yeah. to understand what was this happening. This movie's wild, and I love all the little in in jokes for like series fans, and uh, I like the fact that Rachel Talley finally got to direct one of these after you know uh, being like a supervisor on the other movies. Oh yeah, yeah, that was cool. She was also a uh, producer on some of them. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Billy Zane's sister in this. <laughs> Who she play? 
She's the girl. She's like the oh, lead. She's the lead. I didn't know that was Zane's sister. Le- that's Lisa Zane. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love Yafikoto in this. Yes, playing. Yeah, Yafikoto's cool. <laughs> playing the the professor of dreams. Yeah, uh, I love uh, Tom Arnold and Roseanne in this. Oh, I did not like that moment. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. So, I love the Johnny. I love the Johnny Depp cameo. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, I love uh, Alice Cooper uh, showing up in this as uh, Freddie's father. Okay. Oh my. Yeah, uh, he where he he's like hitting him with the belt. I can't remember that moment. Oh man, um, I I love a pre clueless Brecken Meyer. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's great in this movie. Pre- I love him. Franklin and Bash. And he's got the... Oh, yeah, I love Franklin and Bash. Um, yeah, I love uh, the deaths in this movie. Uh, it has one of the most fun ones, with the, which is the uh, the video game death. That's And it has... I'm sorry? That's where the eye rolling began for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also has one of the most gruesome uh, with the deaf kid. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was good. Uh, that was disgusting. Yeah, that was that was a good death. Yeah, and uh, actually, that character has officially my favorite line in the entire franchise. What's the line? Well, the map says we're fucked. <laughs> now, Matt, okay. I love that line so much, and I say it all the time. Uh, when when I like use GPS in my car, oh, we almost there? Uh, well, the map says we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, explain to me what's happening. What's the what's like the 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 big push in the beginning in this? Oh movie? well. Uh, Freddy's got a. There's one last uh, surviving uh, Elm Street kid, and guess what? Every town has an Elm Street, and Freddy needs the needs to get rid of the last Elm Street kid in order to gain power, so he can go to any Elm Street in America. That is not made clear in the beginning of the movie for me. I could not understand what's happening. I thought it was there's an opening. There's an opening crawl that explains this. It doesn't do very much for me because it 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 opens up and there's like a map of America and there's a dot yeah. on it. And yeah, I was under the, I was under the impression that Freddy had killed all the kids in America. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's why I was confused. And it takes place in the future, right? Kinda in the beginning. No one really knows. Yeah, here here on the wiki, and this is why I was so confused. I had to go back to the wiki to reveal this to me. It, it says here in 1999, and this movie was released okay. in 91. See, you don't you, you don't even know. It's so confusing. And I've seen this so many times. <laughs> it's set in the future. This is why it's... Okay. I I think this is why I liked it so much, because the, <laughs> I like... It's just batshit. It's just batshit. I like the initial premise, that there's like yeah. a time travel element in, in all this, and yeah. Freddy wants to... Or Freddy has killed a lot of people, a lot of kids. I'll right? get you, my pretty, yeah. and your little soul too. Yeah, I, I like that aspect of it. I like that it's like a Children of Men world. <laughs> it's really weird. I, I want to see that sequel where he kills like all the kids, like in the world. And did you? And uh, did you, you watched uh, through the credits? Uh, what happens at the end of the credits? Oh my God! The ending credits to this is an awesome song by Iggy Pop called "Why Was I Born." And it is a music video composed entirely of Freddy Kills. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did see that. From the, in- from the entire series. It's like a greatest hits. I love it. Yeah. Uh, this also has one of the only Goo Goo Doll songs that I enjoy. Uh, it opens up the movie. Uh, this is back when they were like, no one. No one knew who they were. Like, New Line gave them a shot. They're like, yeah, write some songs for our Freddy movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually own this. I have the CD. I own the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. I, I like the music in this, and that Iggy Pop song is awesome. 
Oh, and uh, did you manage to see this in 3D in any way? Of course. Because <laughs> the final was of the course. Final 15 minutes are in 3D. Yeah, because they put on glasses for some reason. I don't. I don't. I missed that because uh, uh, Yafikoto tells who is it? Uh, Billy Zane's kid. That hey. Billy Zane's sister. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sister. The, Maggie. The Zane sister. Oh, and this movie also goes to like really dark places, like uh, the one girl who is like molested by her father. Why? And he like, and she like beats the shit out of him, like with like a coffee pot. It's disgusting. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, that part just creeps me these, out. These kids, these surviving kids in this post Freddy world are kind of messed yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. You think? <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, when I I own this on Blu-ray, but whenever I. I'm in the mood, which is most times. I will take my DVD box set out of the closet, and I will watch Freddy's Dead, the the ending of it, uh, in 3D. Because on the DVD, it came with uh, 3D glasses, and you could watch the finale in uh, that that, uh, old-school 3D, and it's uh, a whole lot of fun. They call it, I think, Freddy Vision in the credits. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, But, But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's goofy, and it's fun, and, uh, yeah, I like it. In the dream world, Yafikoto was like, hey, you gotta put on these glasses for whatever reason. Yeah, and then they... Then they bring him into the real world and they just beat the fuck out of him. It's great. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, this is an in. Uh, I really, I really wanted to understand what was happening. It seemed like <laughs> you'll never understand what's happening. Seemed, Come on now. It seemed like a very interesting premise, and then trying yeah. to unravel it was kind of a fun time because I. Yeah, it's 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 wild, man. I'm telling you. I, 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 like, halfway through, I was like, is there, like, an extended cut that explains everything? <laughs> because... No. Uh, I want to see that. Is it a, is it a good movie? No. <laughs> is it, is it an awesome movie? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so, this is the definition of fun. God, I love Freddy's Dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. So, yeah, I, I kind of wish I, I guess I'll rewatch Seven, Final... Uh, no, is it what's New Nightmare? I watch New Nightmare soon enough. I rewatch it. You mean my favorite Wes Craven film? Yes, it's, that it's one. Great movie. <laughs> um, it's real good. Uh, but yeah, I it's it's a weird series. It's a weird. I, I oh, it's oh, it's definitely a weird series. But uh, I do like it. It's uh, there's a reason that Freddy became as famous and as much of an icon as as he did. Yeah, but I have to say I have a lot more fun watching the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I do for sure. I mean, the Friday the Friday Thirteenth movie, that's the one that I grew up on. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So did I. I saw a lot of those. Um, like I said previously on USA, um, characters welcome. So, that was. And I mean, I hope they do continue this series in some way. Oh yeah. I hope they. I hope they don't, you know, do anything with that terrible reboot. Should we even talk about it? Oh, I'll talk about it right now. They ruined the Nancy character. It was wretched. Well, okay, I haven't seen it. Um, okay, you know how in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, like, Nancy's, like, this, like, powerful character yeah. who's, like, she she takes charge? Uh-huh. Yeah, in the remake, they, they kind of just make her into this damsel in distress who needs her boyfriend to save her. So they take away any power that Nancy once had and was like, oh, I'm helpless now. Uh. That's a shame. That's a damn shame. Yeah, and, and Freddy looks terrible in it. Uh. Played by what's his name? R- Jack Earl Haley. Haley. That's that's a shame. So I won't be watching that anytime soon. But I don't I don't know if uh, I know we don't like to talk movie news. But I don't don't know if you uh, read the article recently. It was like an interview with Robert Englund. 
No, I haven't read that. About about his idea for a sequel? What would that be? Okay, let me read you his quote. Okay. Okay? This is a really cool idea. Oh, and you... And you re- uh, sorry, you reminded me. I was going to say something earlier. I'll, I'll bring it up in a bit, but yeah, okay. you, you go ahead. But he has a really cool idea, and this is what he said. He said, if I was in control of my own Nightmare on Elm Street movie, I have an idea that I would like to see. I thought it would be great if the children of the previous victims were just kids who grew up hearing stories about Freddy Krueger were each haunted by their own version of Freddy Krueger. Uh, kids who grew up hearing stories about this Freddy Krueger guy and the awful things he did, uh, he they envisioned them in their own way. So, like, some people might see him as stout, another might envision him as tall and thin, another with a different hat, different sweater, different gloves and such. Uh, and that's what Robert Englund thinks would be a good idea, and I totally agree. Um, that way you could actually have, like, multiple incarnations of Freddy in one movie. It's it's all the power of suggestion. It's it's how you re- you envision what your nightmare would be. He's not always going to look the same. It's still going to be scary. That sounds like a great idea. Why? I would love to see that idea, and why don't they let that happen? Yeah, why, why don't let him write it and direct it? I, I would watch that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was going to bring up a... You, you could even have him play Freddy. Be like, one kid envisions him as a creepy old man, and it's Robert Englund. <laughs> um, hey, kids. <laughs> uh, I was going to bring up a quote... Uh, by William Friedkin talking about The Exorcist and Linda Blair, but I think we're way past that. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, um, do it, do I want to bring it up or not? Uh, nah. nah. <laughs> I'll tell you off, Mike. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I I love the Freddy series. It's a lot of fun. I mean, Freddy and Jason. I'll tell you, I was there opening night uh, for Freddy versus Jason, and I had the time of my life. <laughs> uh, I guess I should rewatch that too. Oh my god, it's awesome. I saw that like when it came out on DVD, or like the year after it came out on DVD. Yeah, I bought like four copies of that on DVD. Why four copies? I kept losing it. Why? Or I would, or, or I would rent it, I would like loan it out to people, and like I would just never see it again. <laughs> well, you guys stop it's, doing that. It's fun, it's fun, I like the director, Ronnie Yu's awesome. Um, they were going to make, or they were in talks, or there somebody mentioned that they were going to make a Ash versus Freddy versus Jason. Yes. Whatever happened to that? Yes. It never happened. Uh, they they couldn't get the rights to Ash. That's a shame. But he also directed Bride of Chucky, which is awesome. Uh, I like that one, I think. Yeah, I saw that opening weekend as well. That is... Uh, who plays the bride? Jennifer Tilly. Ooh, Tilly. Let's end on Tilly. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, Tilly. Uh, She's the best. Matt, that was a, a, a lot of episodes. That was awesome. That was good. I, I think we covered. I love. I I love talking Freddy Krueger. It's. I'm not gonna lie. I really love talking about those movies. I can shit on them I, all I like. Cause I, yeah, but they're fun to talk about, and fun. like it's weird, and it's weird that I have like this crazy knowledge of the entire series. I'm glad you're here because I honestly, <laughs> I, I I couldn't remember every single detail. Yeah, just wait till we talk about the Jason series. Oh well, that I'll be more in tune for because I love them. And movies. then. Uh, and then I'll be able... Next week uh, is the week of Halloween. So I will be continuing my yearly tradition of the week of Halloween watching every Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I... And I and I, I might even watch Resurrection again. I don't know. Uh, last year, I tried to watch all those movies, and I stopped around, like, four. So okay. I think I'll get back on that train and watch the rest. Um, but I have no plans as of now to watch any... Like series or franchise, because I, I did Psycho, I, just, I did Elm Street. I just ask that you watch some horror for next week, please. Uh, 
I don't I don't have anything on the docket. Oh, I have um You have you have Shudder now, so yeah, just watch true. some shit on there. <laughs> I also rented Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, I wanna see that. One, two, and three. So Oh shit, please. I might see at least one of those uh, cool. before next week. So yeah, and also Demon Knight. Deep I uh yeah. Jada Pickett Smith is looking at me right now. Um this oh? D- uh, Jada Pickett Smith. She's in this. Oh, I thought she was, like, looking through your window. <laughs> She's on the back of the DVD, I mean, the Blu-ray, looking at me. Oh, okay. So. All right. Um, creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. Well, let's <laughs> let's end on Tilly. <laughs> 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 Matt, it's been fun, hasn't it? I, I always have a good time with you, man. Yeah, Come on. Um, I'd like to thank our guest. Thank you, guest. Um, insert cricket noises here. <laughs> insert cat meowing noises, because my cat is meowing outside the door. I heard it. Um, it's him. It's James. Hey, hey, James. No, he didn't meow. Your cat has a, your cat has a people name. I like it. James Bond. His name after James. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Because he looks like he's wearing a tuxedo. Our dog is named after a tiny horse. Uh, Sebastian. Little Sebastian. Little Sebastian. Yes. <laughs> the other cat is named Gigi, after. Gigi Allen? No. Gigi the cat. Gigi the cat from that is. Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you named your cat after Gigi Allen? That's fucked up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's end on Tilly. Matt, before we go, <laughs> before we go plugs, where can the people listening find you online? Well, as usual, you can find me on Twitter, at TheRealMattC. Uh, you can also find me on Letterboxd to make sure I'm not lying about what movies I've seen. And you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash pixels and reels. Do that, folks. Um, as for me, follow me on Twitter at Marcelo J. Pico for classy tweets that may or may not contain. Just a, sorry. <laughs> it is late. What time is it where you are, Matt? Like 2.20? 2.20? In the morning. And I still have a movie to watch tonight. Oh, you are. You're something else. What I gotta watch Child's Play, man. Come on, it's late at night and I'm. It's late at night and I want to be spooked. You don't have spooked. <laughs> I want to get spooked. As for me, follow me on Twitter at Marcelo J Pico for classy tweets that may or may not contain Jessica Chastain or Rihanna. Ooh. <laughs> follow the Talk Film Society at Talk Film Soc. Listen to all of our podcasts. This one, thank you. Or else, or else we will, Freddie. You, we will see you in your dreams. You're all my children now. <laughs> the Haycast, this one you just listened to. If you listen to this through the whole, through the entire, if you listen to this entire episode, we, sh- we should give you a prize, right? I will give you a firm handshake. Firm handshake. Tweet at me and say, and I'll buy you a drink. Tweet at me and and tweet. What what's a word we can say at the very end? Um, uh, like a like a safe word. What what is it? Uh, oh God, pineapple. Pineapple. <laughs> That's right. Tweet pineapple. At either me or Matt, at the room at C or at Marcelo J Pico, and we'll reward you. Will you. get a prize. You'll get something. Okay, I s- you'll get a digital copy of a movie something. or something. Yeah, I, I have some of those too. Pineapple, that's the magic word. Pineapple. Um, oh, well, let's say the first one to do it. Okay, because we we're, yeah we're, we're not made of money. <laughs> um, pineapple, first one to do it gets a prize. Um, cool. Talk from Society at Talk from SOC podcast. Hey, what you watching? The Talk from Society podcast, Colorado Streets, the podcast where it happens. All these, we're all in new episodes. It's incredible. Four podcasts out there that oh, 
I, I don't know how I do it. I don't know. What a time to be alive. Oh my god, if you like hearing my voice, my dumb, dumb voice, then you're in luck. Um, but hey, my, yeah. my co-hosts are great. You, Matt, you're great. Rocky Juarez. I am. Paul Smith. Uh, I'm delightful. You're all great. Um, what else? Uh, I guess that's it. TalkToMessiah.com coming soon. Uh, okay. <laughs> Signature catchphrase, Matt. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Keep on watching, folks, and thanks for listening. Yes. Who are those guys? <laughs>